When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, yo, when I spit bars in a rave, man, I go hard like Santan. Hello and welcome to another episode of Touchline Fracker. Uh, back after a week off, this was going turtleneck shopping, but he's back with us. What? <laughs> Introduced this week's podcast. Uh, I'll start in order of how you guys got onto the call. So, Shems, how goes it? How you doing, brother? I'm right, man. <laughs> Yeah, that didn't sound believable. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that for sure. Uh, Julian, what are you saying, bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Also, not particularly convincing. Uh, this what are you saying, my guy? I'm good, my bro. I'm good, my bro. It's been a good day, man. It's been a it's good, been a day, good man. day, brother. And it's been yeah. a while. What are you saying, brother? Uh, I'm elated. I'm ecstatic. <laughs> I'm um. <laughs> I'm experiencing unbridled joy right now. Happy yeah. New Year. I'm in a good place. I'm in a good, good place. How are you, more importantly, Mariah? How are you? Yeah, I'm not bad, bro. I'm not bad. That's good, little, man. I'm happy to have a little bit it, of joy back, man. Life goes on, you know? It sure does. Before we sure start, does. let me do the usual plug to socials if you're listening, but you're not following on the Twitter. That's Touchline Fracker. Also, the YouTube Touchline Fracker. The last few pods we've been live streaming those so if you're someone who prefers the visuals give those a watch leave a comment if you're someone who listens every single week and you haven't rated us on either spotify or apple Podcasts, please do that five stars if you please let just you know your favorite turtleneck color um obviously we've got the best of all the touchline pods on this week so this we represent in moga we've got ant from touchigunas we've got julian from copy and fracker we've got shems from Chessy Hour. So if you're someone who's a fan of those clubs, make sure you tune into the club podcast too, giving you all that content throughout the week. Anyway, with all that being done, the 4.30, all eyes on me special. You know what it's like. It's a Sunday. You know, you had your week. You're either chilling. You're recovering from the night out if you're someone who lives that sort of life at this day and age. Um, and you're treated to a Arsenal versus Liverpool special. Um, and what a game it was. And I'm going to I'm gonna start with you. It's been a while since you've been on the pod, obviously. We've been going back and forth about the state of Arsenal management, the state of the club in general. Um, so you can spend some time refreshing the fans on where you stand and then, yeah, let us know your thoughts on today's performance as well. Well, first of all, I want to say a big shout-out to Declan Ras. Big shout-out to Jorginho. Okay. Big shout-out to Gabriel. Okay. Big shout-out to David Rea. Big shout-out to Bukayo Saka and to Mikel Arteta. Yeah, big up Arteta today. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, all right. Yeah, today was lovely. It was beautiful. We slapped them, as I knew we would. As I knew we would. There was a few men in our circle worried about the game. I looked at that Liverpool team. I'm seeing Gakpo, Jones, McAllister, that Dutch team named Graven Burke. I'm thinking, how can man be worried about this mob? Like, what is this? <laughs> And so said, so done. It was an annihilation. We should have been free up at halftime. Obviously, Saliba wanted to show um, that old man Van Dyke that he is indeed human. 
I made a little mistake. But, you know, he recovered and, yeah, it was beautiful, man. It was wonderful. I'm very happy, as you can tell. For you, where do you think specifically, like you shouted out a few players at the start, but where do you think specifically the game was, was won for you guys? Because for me, what kind of impressed me very early on was like the intensity with which you guys started. Um, I think yeah, I always the say tempo, the tempo was good. The tempo yeah. was good. We controlled the ball. We controlled all the spaces on the pitch. So they they couldn't, the only out ball they had was getting it to Trent, but Martinelli was playing so high and wide. Canate should be embarrassed of himself as a black man getting skinned like that by a white <laughs> Yeah, very embarrassing. Um, so he, Trent had to try and do some defending today, which obviously he's not capable of doing. Um, so they're, they're only, there's no Salah and that, that, that other geezer. What's his name? Nunes, the runner. Mm. Yeah, he didn't want to know. He knew Gabriel was playing, so he didn't want to be out there tonight. Um, so yeah, we nullified their threats. We controlled the football. If we had a striker, we basically played with 10. Can't we basically it. played yeah. with 10. Yeah, it's awful. Woeful. Woeful, woeful, woeful. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what for that. Yeah, man. Yeah. Cool. Uh, let me come across yeah, to you. I mean, look, we're, we're all allowed yeah. Go on, man. No, 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 I'm saying no. I want to hear from Julian. I want to hear what, okay, uh, yeah. how he feels. Yeah. Like, so... They were doing a lot of talking in the week. There was a lot of build-up, obviously. Yeah, obviously, Klopp has come out to announce that he's leaving at the end of the season. I, I was on the live stream for, for the Copen lads. Loved it, Julian. have to shout out your fit as well. Like, you're really doing your thing, bro. Like, yeah, they're really letting you swag it up in that office, bro. But uh, all, all that aside, going into the game, how you feeling? Because you played them recently, right? You played them in the, mm-hmm. the FA Cup and you, you won that game. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, you're, you're quite, you were quite comfortably top of the table, but... Yeah, talk me through kind of the lineup you went with today. What was your expectations were going into the game? And then you can kind of like give the thoughts on the performance. Well, my expectations going into the game, I can't lie. Um, I did think we would be able to smash smash and grab something. Um, I I wasn't confident that we would win. Um, even on the, the fight card with Dan Coogs and uh, and German Dan and so many guys on such on touch you that end up popping up. But I put it to the two two draw. Um, because as much as we we are in form, um, because before this game it was four four wins in five games, and we, as much as we did, um, we'd get that win at the FA Cup. I still think Arsenal um, are still a, a good team. They are at the moment t- a title. We were, we were better than you in the FA Cup. Yeah, but we but we still got the win, so that's all that matters. That's what I'm day. saying. You rode your luck, and you try, and it was a similar yeah. it was a similar pattern today. You can yeah, only we, get lucky like that once in a blue moon. It's like when Maystone beat Ipswich. They're not going to do that again. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I, I do think t- today was wasn't as much of a battering as um as the FA sorry um the FA Cup wasn't as much of a battering as um as today was because I felt like after especially after the 60th minute in the FA Cup we were we were quite comfortable in the game for the the rest of the game I would say about 30 minutes into it but today that wasn't the case um the lineup today um was missing. Shabosla because he was injured. Um, apparently, Nunez even from a couple of days ago said that um, he was playing um, wearing a protective boot. Obviously, no Salah, so we went with a grabbing we, same defense that we usually go with. Um, Trent didn't start; he was on the bench. He was on the bench. Mm. Uh, sorry, Trent did start. Sorry, um, I've come coming back from being on the bench from an injury. Um, Gomez at left back. Um, Canate Van Ajk centre back. Fine, kind of expected that. But the midfield, 
Uh, Gravin Birch, man, that that guy. Um, I I was a fan of Curtis Jones starting. The Callis, of course, is our only DM at the moment. Um, but Gravin Birch starting and Gakpo starting up front as well. Um, with a front three of Diaz and Jota. Um, I wasn't happy about that either. The thing is about Gakpo is that he's way too static. Nunez has his problems up front, like he has his big big problems, big big chances missed, big BCM is is. Is, is his big problem, but he he at least offers some sort of chaos, some sort of like, and he's pretty good with link up as well. Like he can he can get a right, get the ball around the pitch, get it to the right players, and cause chaos, and actually do be be effective in that in some cases. But he just didn't start today. And Gakpo isn't that; he's way too static. And today he was just getting bench pressed like by um, Saliba and Saliba and Gabriel. It's peak man. Like, but the performance today was poor. First half especially, even though we went in there one one, we did not deserve that. We did not deserve that goal at all, um, and yeah, overall, yeah, it was a, it was just quite a poor game. I think we started the second half quite well for the first for the first fifteen minutes of it, but after that, it's just it was Arsenal all game. I can't lie, I've, I've got I've got to get props to Arteta. He was able to cut off those spaces really well um, and use those spaces really well um, in terms of the left hand side. I think Gomez had quite a poor game against Saka. I think Saka was pretty good. Odegaard was, Odegaard was really good today as well. Jorginho was really good, man of the match and well deserved. Um, and yeah, I don't think anyone today was, was was good for us at all. McAllister maybe was decent, but apart from that, nah, man, poor game. And Van Dijk bossed from from start to finish, front to back, right? Sorry, just bossed from start to finish. Yeah, yeah, back. yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't even, I can't even. There's no, there's no positives that I can really get out of today's game. Um, we did not do well at all. Arsenal were completely in control for a good percentage of it. And yeah, man, it's peak, bruv. It's peak. Well, you just dust the positive off. is you yeah. haven't got to come back to the Emirates till next season. Huh? That's the positive that you should take from it. The positive is you haven't got to come back to the Emirates till next season. I, I mean, I mean, I mean, to be honest, and I can't like going to the Emirates is not some, it's not spooky like that because you know last last five well, games we slapped you two years in a row, so maybe it should be. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not. It's not really that spooky to be honest. I can't lie. Like the Emirates okay, ain't well, that. Two, it's, two, 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 two years in a row. It's cool. Yeah, no, but but you guys ain't two that. Like, in a row, you it's cool. Years, yeah. Ain't beat us in the league in four in four games, but it's fine. It's cool. Yeah, no, it's fine, man. It happens. It happens, bro. But the Emirates ain't that. To be honest, like, it's fine. Man's not next next season. I won't be going into the game thinking, oh, we're at the Emirates. You guys ain't next that, man. season. You're gonna have Steven Gerrard in charge. You better. <laughs> <laughs> Stop my love, bro. Stop my love. Ah, uh, oh gosh. Let me let me. Uh, uh, Speak to the rest of the panel, Disu and Shem. Just get your thoughts on today's game as, as the neutral. So obviously, Ant kind of plays a bunch of um, Arsenal players at the top, and up popping up on the highlight a couple of performers. Let's start with Jorginho. Uh, obviously, Shem's he's a player that you you've watched quite a lot over the years. Um, is is this what you were used to seeing from Jorginho in in the bigger games? Because obviously, I was uh, front and center for the Chelsea hour Ballon d'Or top three push. Like I'll always say. One of the most shocking things I've ever seen Dan Sof orchestrate in my life. Um, but he was class today. And, and were you surprised, I guess, is my question. Absolutely not. I've seen that performance from Jorginho quite a few times um, at Chelsea. Um, and I just feel like... I, I was I listened to the pod a few weeks ago where Leroy was on and he was saying how like he doesn't want him in the team because of his deficiencies. And I thought, I thought it was completely fair, to be honest. But I just feel like when Jorginho's in um, a system whereby 
he's protected in that sense, whereby you've got a runner next to him. Because people forget that at Chelsea, he played next to Kante and Kovacic, two right. runners who can get up and down the pitch for 90 minutes pretty much all day long. So when you've got Jorginho there next to Rice, Rice could do a similar job. He's going to look very, very good on the ball, and that's how he did today. And right. when you when you when you play those big games, those those high those games of high stakes, those six pointers, you need those calm heads in midfield that can just dictate the tempo of the game, not get too excited, and just kind of just just kind of lead the team in that sense. And he did that really, really well today. And I think it was as good a midfield performance as you as you will see, to be honest with you, um, on the whole, and um, both him and Declan Rice, because Declan Rice got through a lot of good work as well. Right. Um, so I think in the midfield they completely bossed Liverpool. Um, the only one. In Liverpool, who, could, who actually was able to get their foot on the ball was McAllister. I thought McAllister was actually quite good. He was the only good player for me personally for Liverpool. Um, mm. Everyone else either just was non-existent or couldn't get or was just bad. Um, but yeah, um, they completely dominated that area, and I think that's what really spurred them on today. Um, and I think it allowed. Um, I think the system Arteta played as well. He managed to kind of get Odegaard into spaces whereby um, Jones and Gravenberg they just they were just completely unaware of where he was, right. and saw the first goal where. Um, he was in acres of space when the ball got turned over. Uh, played a lovely ball into Havertz, um, and I think as I don't think Havertz was good today, but I think Arteta picked him maybe kind of in that tactical to form that box as they were highlighting at halftime. It was him and Odegaard who kind of drop, and then you've got the two Jorginho and Rice. Because if you if you if you watch the game, Jorginho and Rice were literally they were vertical all game. They were next to each other. Um, so I think it was a good play from Arteta because Jones and Gravenberch they couldn't get a kick all game. Um, so yeah, it was like the Arsenal of last season, super intense. Um, I think they probably deserved the, the win, to be honest with you. Um, really good performance. Agreed, agreed. This I'm gonna come across to not the player in your background because he didn't he didn't play today, but uh down the left side of Martinelli he grabbed Mole to make it two one. What did what did you think of his performance today and what, what questions did he give the Liverpool team today? Yeah, I thought he was good, man. Um at the beginning, he he absolutely burnt Konate. I was so yeah. surprised. I was half surprised, half kind of disgusted at, at what occurred. Uh, it was it was disgusting to watch. Um, and he played a brilliant um, little clipped pass into Saka, who should have scored. It was an open goal, really, and that was brilliant from him. And I thought like he was the one out of the attack from both sides. Just the only attacker that I thought that was up for the game that was going to make something happen. And um, yeah. he was like Arsenal's outlet, and obviously he got a very cheap goal, but. That came off his own endeavour, just never giving up on a play, not right. being confused by Van Dijk. Oh, I've got aura. He went. He didn't care about none of that aura stuff, yeah? yeah? He made sure that he was focused on the ball, get some nice tapping, and he deserved that for the performance he put in. So, yeah, I thought he was I thought he was pretty dangerous. He's not my style of player. Um, I quite find him horrifying to watch, if I'm being perfectly honest, but he was really good today, and um, he was um, deserving of the goal. Facts, facts, facts. And I'm going to come and ask you about Gabriel. I think in all the kind of, like, Saliba loving that we've had over the last couple of seasons. He's almost become a bit of an unsung hero for Arsenal and his consistency, I guess, is taken for granted. But actually looking across uh, the defenders, unless you're going to count the ball deflecting off him for the own goal, he's probably the only one today who was error-less. Um, but I want you to talk a bit about what Gabriel actually brings to the Arsenal back line. And, and how I he see Gabriel, yeah. Gabriel is one of my favourite Arsenal defenders of all time. Like, big and serious. Like, I, I, he is he's up there on the table with 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 soul to me. That's how I feel about wow. Gabriel. The way our fan base and people I'm not saying he's that as good as Soul, but yeah. in terms of how I feel towards him as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um the way our fan base and other fans get to speak on him is is crazy. Like Gabriel will do brilliant defending. Um, you know, one one 
maybe once or twice in the game, he'll be a bit over-aggressive or something, and everyone will act like he's just some normal guy. He's not a normal guy. Like, whatever the top table is at the prem- in the Premier League, he's on it. Yeah, he's on the table. So, yeah, he needs to get more plaudits than he gets. He doesn't get anywhere near enough respect from inside the club or outside. But that guy there, top, top defender. Top, top defender. Mm. I think Why the difference... Why do you think it is? Why don't you think he gets applauded? Right, so there's a couple reasons. One is that he was there when we were really shit. So, Saliba coming in and then we us going from 8th, eighth, 5th eighth, to 2nd. It's our Saliba's a, the brand new shiny toy. Mm. Um, and Gabriel was there through the bad days. Like, Gabriel was playing with Rob Holding. He right. was playing with Socrates. Do you get it? So, he, right. he was enduring the bad days. So... That's that's damaged his reputation. Yeah. Saliba's more elegant, more more controlled, more reserved. Gabriel's an aggressive front foot defender. Right. Sometimes when you're an aggressive front foot defender, certain things don't come off, but you deal with way more. So right. if if there's ten incidents in a game, Gabriel's going to deal with seven of them. Right. Three of them he won't deal with, and Saliba will have to deal with. But Saliba looks so cool and composed doing it mm. that we all marvel at it. But yeah. people have forgotten how much Saliba didn't have to do. Because, because Gabriel. Gabriel was doing it, right, right. You know what I mean. So yeah, he, yeah. He, he he doesn't he doesn't get anywhere near the the credit he deserves. Mm. He does from a few of us. Granted, me, uh, Lou, Bob, Doctor, Leroy, to get it. But yeah, across and most of the touchy goons, to be fair, are, are big fans. Of him. But outside of that, he don't he doesn't get enough praise. But yeah, what a defender, man. And yeah, he was brilliant today. But more more often than not, he's, he might have a little shaky moment now and again. But who doesn't? Who doesn't? Right, right. I think I'm not like everybody always does this, and, and I've never quite gotten behind it. Like when a defender gets like beaten, I oh, got cooked. It's like it's gonna. These attackers are quick, agile, skillful. It's gonna, it's gonna happen. Yeah. More of average. It's gonna happen at. It's gonna happen at some point. I think we've got a really brilliant um, centre back pairing. I want to ask oh, you about that. Go on. Also, Mario, quickly, yeah. And I think, um, also, I think defenders. Defenders that play for teams that put them in a scenario. So that's a city, that's the city defenders and mm. Arsenal defenders. Like most teams are too scared to even put their centre backs in those scenarios. Right. So a man like Gabriel, who I think is top, um, has, deals with like balls down the channel and he's one on one with the foot with the winger or the striker, like multiple times a game, where other teams literally do not even allow the defenders to get into that scenario. So man are getting praise for not having to deal with yeah, high level defenders. Yeah, so so, and I think that's I think that's not a good. That's not the way you should look at football. I, I I've, I've always rated defenders that have to play high lines, that have to be going on one v ones, which he does. Yeah, you might get skinned here and there, but almost everybody gets skinned, like literally. Right. Unless you're, unless you're like Van Dyke, you're ducking the smoke and you're running away from challenges, like like a coward. All the other top defenders they get in the mix and they do their thing. So that's why I think Gabriel's been top for like at least three seasons. He's been yeah. top class. Yeah, you like, you, like, you like that one, Julian? Yeah, you said, nah, let's you. be easy, man. Let's be easy. Let's 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 be guided, bro. Come on, man. Like, man, like, <laughs> of course, he fucked up today, but you know, what I mean, he's definitely. What were your thoughts? The... I want actually, guys, I want to ask your thoughts on that. Who who did you guys attribute more of the blame? I'm gonna go around here. Who did you attribute more of the blame with, Van Dyke or Allison? I actually start with you, Julian. Definitely Van Dyke. Um, okay. he, he was, yeah, I think he could have dealt with that a lot better. Um, Sure, Allison could have got more contact on the ball, but even then, it felt like Van Dijk was shielding a, a lot of the ball, and he, he, he it was just—I don't know what happened there. Honestly, it was just a very out of character moment for Van Dijk. But he's definitely got ninety percent of the blame for me. 
Okay. Uh, Shams, how about you? Really? That's wild to me. Yeah, same. I want, yeah. I want, to, I want to see what you guys think about I love that dark agenda as much as the next man, but I'm sorry. Allison got to the ball and he checked Yeah. It. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, like, I think... I think I, I, I'm not sure what the communication was like because obviously we can't but hear. But it doesn't but matter because he it, got it, there and he kicked it. He just miskicked yeah. it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I think Van Dijk was too lele with, with that one. And he, and he like Van Dijk shouldn't coming. have let it bounce. He should have yeah. dealt with it better. Right, that, that, all of that is true. But, but then that's your Allison moment, still think, got yeah. to the ball and miskicked yeah. it. Allison could have yeah. prevented the goal if he kicked it properly. Okay, I'll think like, Allison could have made Van Dijk's mistake obsolete. Yeah, because it's because I think that's and that's probably the difference between that era and the era of Saliba, where I think Raya was further away than Saliba thought, and it was kind of like yeah. the ball wasn't coming to Raya quickly enough, and Raya hadn't moved yet, and then it gave Diaz an opportunity to like get in the mixer. Allison got there, and he kind of like kind of made connection with Van, Van Dijk as well, and then Martinelli was just the sharpest one there. I don't know what you think, Shems and Dis. Martinelli was smart enough to know he doesn't want to collide with them two. Right, right, right. So he, he stopped. And then I think Alisson bottled it a little bit when he saw Van Dijk. Yeah, and, yeah. And, that's when, and that's when he made his mistake. But for me, it's a two-pronged mistake, but Alisson could have prevented Van Dijk's mistake mattering. Van Dijk couldn't have done anything about Alisson's mistake, which is why more of the blame is on Alisson for me. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I was looking more at Alisson, especially when you get there. I think he just Van Dyke's body just threw threw him off for for whatever reason, and he lost sight of the ball, and then that was it, man. And if that's the case, I think there was enough. I think there was enough speed on the ball for him to just wait for it to come to him in the box and just gather it right at the edge of the box. And he came out. I think he wants to be front footed as he does. I, I think I think the problem I have with Van Dyke in this situation is that I felt like if you're gonna if you're gonna do what he was planning to do and like get let it go to Allison, I think you should make it more clear from the start. I, I feel like you could have. I feel like, especially on the second pass, you could have dealt with it a lot better because that second pass. Something call it back to Allison, or yeah, or, or even like take a touch so you so you at least have some control of the ball. Like it, it wasn't uh, too much of 50 50. Um, right. Yeah, I think he had too much time on the ball to make a decision for what he needed to do. But even if he could have control of it and passed it to Allison. So yeah, man, I I, I still think that maybe not 90 10, like I said before, but maybe 70 30 to Van Dyke. Really. This how about you, bro? That goal, that goal was Allison, bro. Airballed it. He actually <laughs> stayed. He steamed out of his goal, yeah, and missed the ball completely. Like obviously, it's terrible defender for Van Dyke. He hit the ball bounce, and he thought he's trying to do. Oh, uh, you could tell by my aura type defending of Martinelli. It didn't really work. In fact, the aura worked on uh, on Allison. Like, oh, right, that's Van Dyke, and he missed the ball. <laughs> so, yeah, so he, the aura, the aura was all over the place. You get what I'm saying? So. Yeah, so he, he, he made it, Van Dyke made it a contentious issue. He weren't decisive. And mm. I thought he, I, th I think he just thought, oh, it's, it's Martin, I got a small boy of him. But Martin, he just, mm. he was a bit more tenacious than anticipated. But Allison came steaming up the goal and he completely missed the ball. And the way they were like, the ball was whizzing into the box at speed. The ball was just bouncing. He shouldn't have missed the ball completely. So I think that that's more on Allison. but it's still a Van Dyke mistake because the situation wasn't dealt with Van Dyke, and he and it enabled. He even he gave uh, what's his what's my, my man's name. He gave Allison the platform to fuck up. Do you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So they both deserve the blame. But I'm sorry, you can't airball the ball and blame some and some of your skates the majority of the blame. That's insane. Yeah, he crazy. missed the ball, cuz he missed the ball. Oh, I, I doubt you disagree, but to see your perspective, Shems. 
Yeah, to, to be honest, when I saw it, I, I thought it was literally just a mix-up in between the two. Um, I didn't think anyone was more particularly more blamed than the other, to be honest with you. And it kind of showed their reaction. Like when the goal went in, they kind of just looked at each other, just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, here's what it right. is. None of them, none of them, none of them moaned at each other, none of them said it was your fault. It was just it was literally just a mix-up. Yeah, Allison actually kicked Van Dyke. Yes. Um, so yeah, I just think it was just a mix-up between the two. Mm. Yeah, I, I put more blame on Van Dyke for the second goal though, because if he if he closes um Trossard down quicker, I think he blocks the shot because if you actually look at it, um it deflects off of Van Dyke's foot. That's why it went through Allison's yeah, through, through Allison's that shows, that shows yeah. that if Van Dyke closed quicker, he probably would have blocked the shot. So yeah. Maybe he forgot to pack his aura of him on the way down. He thought he could aura, bro. Sometimes you have to defend, cuz you can't that's delegate. Right. You can't delegate your life away, bro. Something you have to get in the mud, bro. You have to get in the mixer. You get it. That's one. That's one thing. This is said that actually. That's why I'm putting more blame on Van Dyke. Is that what this is said is true? Like he thought he could small boy Martinelli, and he tends to get away with that like a lot of the time when he's in those situations. But in this one, I kind of felt like he needed to be a, a lot more alert. Like you can't, as everyone would love to say, like Ori your way out of everything. Like it, yeah. even, even, even the barge that you put on Martinelli, it felt like a kind of small boy barge. Like I don't have to put a lot of effort into this to get you out of the way, but Martinelli was still there. Like he didn't barge so. Martinelli. Martinelli barged him, and that weren't expecting that. Oh, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, you're right, you're right. Took him off balance. You didn't expect it. Martinelli, Shall I tell you what's funny? Shall I tell you about Martinelli? What's funny? Yeah, is because the last time they boxed each other, yeah, Canate put Martinelli in such a spliff. That there was yeah. a couple times Martinelli didn't even try to take him on because he's like, I'm gonna get clamped. Yeah, but yeah. I think that sprint at the beginning when he left him, like, hold on, hey, yeah, yeah. come on, <laughs> yeah, yeah, come yeah, yeah. yeah. So if I think after that, he stopped him there. Yeah, it'll be a different story. But that's but now you know, you know, Martinelli, Martinelli is a peak confidence player as well. Not he's to say more, that he can't, no, yeah, no, yeah. Not, not to say that he can't do something he's not comfortable. When he's confident and he's firing, he's electric. So from then. Man is on. He's on all types. He's on all types of dust. Oh, well, like that. You want some, yeah? That's what he was on. But if Konate did his business, yeah, like a real black man and handled that situation, it wouldn't have got. It wouldn't have got there. You get yeah, me? Martinelli's but... a proper, proper athlete. But before we close mm. up, and I want to just talk about the, the the title race. So with that win, you guys now uh, go to forty nine points. Your two gate, two points. Sorry, behind Liverpool. Same amount of games played. Obviously, the spectre of City lurks. They're two point, two points. You know. Two games behind the two of you, but they've got uh, three points behind you and they've got five points behind Liverpool. So if they win both of their games, um, they go top with 52 points. How, how are you feeling for the running? 15 games left. Um, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on the running for this season? Or is it still too early? I don't think it's too early. I think we know enough about the Premier League to know how it goes from here. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I don't want to be defeatist to nothing, but... <laughs> We've seen this film before, isn't it? Like it's like them horror films when they go in the room and they hear the noises. Don't go in there, it's like, and they go and the same shit happens. See, you're gonna win the league. Well, I think us and Liverpool will both put up a good fight, um, and it will be a successful season relative for both teams. I think ultimately City are just better and stronger than everybody else, mm. um, and I think that will show. I, I would be very surprised if City don't go on one of those stupid winning every game runs from here to the end of the season mm. that only they can do and you draw an away game 2-2, that's a good result in any other era of football but right. in the Man City era 
it's that's it. It's that's your, that's your shot. That's your shot. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the Invincibles, we drew bare games. Yeah, yeah. You can't you do what you man see about. Yeah, you were you were no. able, you were able to like think somebody posted it, but then their next five games in the league are Brentford away. Uh, their next five games in the league are Brentford away, Everton at home, and then they've got Chelsea away, uh, and then they've got Brentford at home, and then they've got Bournemouth away. Before I would be game. interested to see how many points Man City have um, won at this stage of the season over the last five years. Yes, like, like, like post, post, post jam, yeah, 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 yeah. I bet they, I bet they win ninety uh, percent of the, yeah, ninety percent of the points at this period of the season. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. They, they, they clean up when it comes to the business end, man. Get near them, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't expect to be able to, um, to win a title over them. I'll be honest. Fair, respect it. Let's let's go on to a team that used to be uh, a team that won titles, but are having a hellacious time of it at the minute. Shems, uh, your Chelsea four uh, two lost today at the Bridge. Got to love the Bridge. Um, what the hell is going on over there, brother? Um, you've got a manager, you can't coach. Essentially, that is it in a nutshell. Because when I look at the team, I like. When I look at the the Premier League, there are very few teams that I feel like I would actually swap squads with, um, including some teams above us, you know what I'm saying? Um, It's only like your cities and um, maybe Arsenal, Liverpool, that's it about it. Like Other than that, I I feel like a better manager um, gets this squad in and around the top form. Definitely not challenging, but definitely in and around the top form, way higher than we are now. But um, it's just literally kind of the same story every week, like... The, the way we're um, set out from a structural perspective is just bad. It's really bad. And um, obviously, Kaiseido, um, he he tend, he's, he's been getting caught on the ball. But like, I feel like people, if you actually look at the structure of our midfield, it's him on his own. It's him and then Enzo and Gallagher just way ahead of the ball. So every time he's received the ball, there's like three man on him. He's just on himself by an island. So um, he's bound to get caught at some stage. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's a theme every single game and every time we, um, we have the ball trying to build there's just a lack of options a lack of passing lanes and angles um, and that's all to do with the shape of the team and the structure of the team do you know what I'm saying um, and it also shows it also manifests manifests itself in transition as well um, today literally um, the channels particularly down Chirwell's side it was always on because when the ball gets turned over there's so much space and um, in the half space is either side of Caicedo ample space so it's easy for them teams to get outside so Neto was having a field day down there um second half it would then was it Cunha or someone else that was getting down that left hand side so yeah structurally was so poor so um even and and even though we're poor structurally I think just because Palmer's got a bit of magic about him or because Sterling can be decent in the pockets we can still fashion some chances mm. but on the whole um, and and it can we can lead to scoring some some goals, but on the whole, like we're so easy to pick off, and we're, we're conceding a ton more than we did on the potter. Because on the potter, we were actually decent um, defensively. Yeah. Uh, just couldn't score, but yeah. now, like it, it's a shambles. It's really really a shambles. You can't defend. You can't particularly score. Yeah, it's, it's a shambles. You can't control. You can't control games. Um, where where do you go from here? 
Uh, we have to we have to get rid of, of, of Poch. We have to get rid of him. Um, I'm not with the whole time thing because you have to show something to to turn the right. Yeah, you know what I'm saying like if you're making crazy decisions like he has been all season in terms of the way he sets up the team, playing players in roles that don't suit them, um, not having a balanced team more often than not. Today was probably the first time we played two fullbacks. It's probably the first game of the season. Um, and even things like just like Gallagher being captain and Gallagher played every single game as well, being undroppable. Like mm-hmm. when tactically you look lost, you can't really change a game when it's not when it's going against you. Um, yeah, th- there's there's nothing I can say that that's that's going in your favour for you to warrant yeah. time. So I'm not really with giving him time. I think we should get rid of, rid as soon as possible because, like I said, I think just a competent manager gets us winning more games. Right. Um, and to, and I think today was was crazy because watching the game from the minute up from the minute um, go, the crowd was so edgy. Stamford Bridge was so so edgy. It was so tense. You could hear it in the crowd. And it today was like one of the first times where I, where I watched the game. I was like, yeah, it seems like the whole fan base has completely lost faith in the direction that this club is going in. From um, a manager on the pitch, from a managerial perspective, and off the pitch, yeah. from a, a board perspective as well, because you you can right. literally hear it. It's so tense, and it's very very difficult for players um, to thrive in that environment. Obviously, they have to try to be professional, do what they can, and to be fair, some of them do. But like from the minute go, I could tell like so so edgy, and the lack of passing options it gets them even more angry because obviously players take more time on the ball. Right, right, right. <laughs> and they get more angry, more nervous, and just it's just it's a mess. It's a it's just a big big mess. So yeah, I think we have to get rid, man. I don't think there's any other way to be honest with you. Yeah. Is is there any obviously Cole Palmer's coming and he's done well? Uh, I think we were talking in one of our chats about potential player of the seasons and whatnot. Are there any other like bright shining lights in this? Ch- is there like who like for you? Who are the core players that you like go forward with, or do you feel like you haven't even got an opportunity to really see what pl- these players are like? Because obviously we've got guys like Endo Fernandez came in for a, a truckload of money. You got uh, Sadio came in for a truckload of money. Neither been particularly good. Romy La- Lavia we haven't seen much of. Fafana obviously has gone from injury to injury. I think Badia Shield's been injured. Thiago Silva's going to be coming out. Reese James has been injured this season, and Kunku's been injured this season. It, it, it seems very hard to kind of get a feel from the outside looking in anyway on what is legit and what isn't at, at Chelsea. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, I think contrary to what, even though what you said is is true, I, I do believe um, there's a core group of players there that um, under a good manager um, can really, really help get the team going again. Um, so if I mention a few, I think, um, so Palmer, as you say, is done really well. Um, I think, I think Enzo and Caicedo in a, in a, structured um system do do really well for the team and they have done at times this season despite our league position um and those are really the main guys or reach james as well if he can get over his injuries but doesn't seem like he can but there are i think there are a few core guys there um and the rest of them is either a case of overcoming injuries so we can actually see what you can do over a sustained period of time or just kind of waiting and seeing because we haven't seen enough of you Maybe because you're in and out of the team, maybe because you're young. Um, yeah. So the the rest of them is is kind of a bit unknown. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's 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 where I stand really. But yeah, like I said, I think most of the blame is is the manager and and the board really because it's a fair, fair, fair enough, man. Yeah, can't, yeah. can't say fairer than and, that. And it's hard for me to be too harsh on some of these players because despite them coming in for a truckload of money, it's like if you're if if week in, week out, you're being thrown in situations where you're not supposed to be thrown in in terms of 
you're not being you're not being put in a best position to succeed is very difficult for me to 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 be extremely harsh on you. Yeah, I don't mind people criticizing them saying, you know, they haven't um hit the expectations, um, which is completely fair. But I do think from an objective standpoint, when you look at why and the reasons for that, it's it's clearly not them, it's clearly the manager. So yeah, man. That's, Fair that's enough. Good. What what you mentioned is interesting to me because there's a conversation I saw the other day where people were talking about the kind of um, lack of ownership we give players nowadays. So mm. you, know, you talk to kind of the older players and like you talk about a game, for example, when your team hasn't necessarily played well. I'll, I'll speak on the map, like the Manchester United midfielder, so the, the Keens of this world, the Skullses of this world. And, you know, Skulls would be like, listen, man, sometimes you'd be in the game, you're just under the cosh and you just say to your midfield partner, listen, we're just going to sitting here tight together we're just gonna hold and stem the flow for a bit right um and a lot of these players who are supposedly talented players when they don't do their jobs correctly uh the manager and the manager hasn't put them like i watch casemiro not so much today but i watch casemiro just continuously run out of his position and vacate the position and then we have nobody protecting the back four i watch him trying to go man-to-man all over the pitch because the manager said it. But you obviously can't do it anymore. And it's like, at some point, you need to take some ownership and play within what your actual skill set is. So I guess, let's talk about Chelsea. And I guess a larger discussion I want to have you, with you guys is that, how do you balance the spectrum of the manager's not putting me into, in the best position to succeed versus just do your job, mate? I, I actually think Chelsea's a good like example of what you're speaking of because um, I remember even under Tuchel, um, we was having discussions like this where Chelsea were actually creating chances, but they just wasn't putting it at the back of the net, like when they had a Werner up front. So then there is that there is that 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 sign of evidence where if you actually are being put into the positions to allow your team to win and to be effective, what are you doing in those positions? And I think that's a complete contrast, for example, with at times, as you mentioned, with United, where that you're 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 the coaching and what happens on the game. You're like, well, you can see that, for example, um, some of these players are not being put in the correct positions to get Hodge Hodgeland the ball to get him to score. Obviously, today was much more of a, a better example of that. But you've mentioned in the past where your coaching hasn't allowed you to, imp- or even what he's trying to implement isn't being seen in the game. But with people like Poch as well, um, I think is it's a fifty fifty thing because. I, th- I think maybe it might come from the fact that we know some of these players are talented. Like, for example, a player like Sterling, who was booed off today. Like, as much as we as much as much we rate him, I do think at Chelsea, there is a, that there is what we're speaking about now of it's kind of on him and not really on the manager that we can blame with players like him. But then there are, for example, players like the Mithil that we've mentioned, like Conor Gallagher, um, sorry, not Gallagher, because I think he's a bit... Meh. But Saicedo and Enzo, where you feel like in the midfield that they're not really given the best instructions to succeed. So it's just about probably what you see on the pitch and and what kind of positions that they're putting in, um, what kind of positions they're putting in game that you can kind of make that distinction between ah oh, this is the manager and this is this is the player's fault. Fair. This is so what this who comes in. I I think funny for that um, this is about to talk about. A very a quote that I I like from Disu is you either coaching it or, or you're allowing it. That's just the way I see it. Um, so yeah, like if you can see that this it's not working, then like why why are you allowing it? Do you know what I'm saying? Or like why are you giving the instruction to a player that clearly doesn't suit your skill set? So that's how I see it. But I I think the ownership What's the ownership of the player. Okay, so I heard that you're you're either coaching it or you're yeah. allowing it. At what point are we saying these players are talented 
and they're not doing enough with their supposed talent to influence football games. I feel I feel like if it's a situation where it's like where you look at the manager and you look at all the decisions he's made and you're like tick 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 like yeah that's fine line up correct um players in the right position correct um you know just uh, tactical game plan fine i feel like when all those boxes are ticked then you can then look at the players so Tuchel is a good example when a lot of the time those boxes were ticked but then you know we weren't putting it back in there but when those boxes aren't ticked from the very get-go from the beginning like, I really feel like the manager has to take a lot of this heat. I don't get me wrong, the ownership thing is definitely valid. It 100% is valid. But I feel like instruction as well, because we don't see the behind the scenes, like instruction can be quite powerful. Like, we don't know what the ramifications is for a player not taking on a certain a level of instruction from the coach. Yeah. You know what I'm saying it could be, it could be. It could yeah, be. I you. Do you think the manager's going to his wide man, you know, go out there and don't take, don't beat your winger. One, don't beat your defender one on one. Go out there and don't be. Go out there and don't be a nuisance. I, I genuinely believe. Then <laughs> I'll say to Anthony, go out there and spin round in a circle. Oh, <laughs> of course not. Definitely not. Definitely not. Definitely. I don't. I don't think he's telling Anthony not to not to, to do a blade to be a Beyblade. Right. And just lose the ball. But I do think he's telling Enzo to sit right up next to Bria, which is silly. Right. I, I, that's, that's I think yeah, it's yeah. sit in the pocket, which is dumb. So yeah, right, fair, fair, fair. I don't know where you stand with this, this in terms of like a player's autonomy versus kind of the instruction-driven game that we're in nowadays. Yeah, I think there's a balance, right? And I think certain things were, and I think the player autonomy is probably more on players that are tenured and have a lot of influence in the club. So like a Van Dyke will have our expect more autonomy from a Van Dyke than maybe a Harvey Elliott for one for obvious reasons he's like the club captain he's an amazing player he's been in the team for a long time he's got a lot of cachet and if he kind of quote unquote goes rogue or makes a decision he's not going to have the same level of ramifications as someone like Harvey Elliott who might not see the pitch again if that makes sense you know what I'm saying so with Chelsea if you take the case study of Chelsea I think there is I think you see a lot of both going on like the defending from Chelsea that's not on Poch man are making individual errors on a consistent basis like if I watch Chelsea, somebody in defence does the mad thing. I don't know who it's going to be. Badders UK, whatever that guy's name is. It could be Diasi Cross. It could be Thiago Silva. Like Gusto today. Gusto has <laughs> had a rating on um on a soccer score I've never seen before. Like I've never seen that shade of red on soccer score. They brought a new red <laughs> for my man. But then again, but then again, you get stuff like the manager does, right? right. So man was routinely playing Cowell left back. You, right. he, was, he was so uncomfortable in that position. So blatant, yeah. and you keep on doing it. So if he's putting in bad performances, and he did put in a few like not good performances, well, you can't blame him. Nothing about his skill set said centre-back that could play right. left-back like Gomez, right? Yeah. He, he doesn't look like Joe Gomez. So, so that's idiotic on my man's part. Then you'll play Diassi right-back. Huh? Earlier in the season, Chilwell was playing left-wing. Huh? If you ever watch Enzo Fernandez, Enzo, uh, Enzo Fernandez is like a box-to-box midfielder. He's tenacious. So what he's good at is progressive passes, getting the ball, turning, beating pressure, and playing key passes into dangerous areas. And he can play the um, final pass as well. You're playing him 10 because you're like, oh, we don't really have somebody who can knit things together in that area. So we're going to take Enzo out of what he does to put him there. When, because obviously I think that kind of happens after the Chuka Mecca injury and Nukuka was playing yeah, there. But yeah. you've got Palmer. Play Palmer in that slot. If, if, you're, go, if you're going to play somebody 10... Make it be Palmer. If not, right. change your sort of setup. 
Chelsea were playing really good in the midfield area at the beginning of the season when it was Casado as more of the DM, and then he had Enzo and Gallagher either side of him. Gallagher was running around, winning the ball, turning, passing. He was playing really well. Enzo was doing well in terms of getting on the ball, beating the press, progressing passes. And he's kind of changed it. Gallagher sometimes played 10. Enzo sometimes played 10. And then the way Chelsea do it, like, they don't, Chelsea don't really press high and aggressively either. They don't turn the ball. They don't counter-press very well. So you have Caicedo having to cover acres of space all the mm. time. And Caicedo is always a step late. Naturally, he's going to be. And sometimes he does die on the ball, which is kind of annoying. But he doesn't really have the greatest passing options on either. So there's a bit of that. Then the Chelsea attackers, I think the Chelsea attackers, I think you can speak more to them because it's just consistent bad quality, right? Mm. Like, I think... You can't always go off form with players because sometimes some player could be like Odegaard was rubbish for the first 10 games. Now he's been brilliant, right? So when you're judging, is this the manager or is this the players? When I look at Kaiseido, I'm like, okay, I've seen you before. I know you're capable. Enzo, we see it. Like maybe one week or mid, but the next week you're wavy. Like, and we can see the ability. But with the Chelsea attackers, outside of Palmer and Sterling, the other boys look whack, bro. Like Mudrich, whack. He's, he's looked whack nonstop. Jackson hasn't looked great. Breuer, I don't understand the point of bro. I don't really understand the point of him. Nukuku, Nukuku, he looks special. I'm not going to lie. You got to understand the point of bro. That's a... I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand what bro is on, cuz. ACL, PCL, DCL. Don't want to see man play again, bro. This is, this, bro, you are Chelsea FC, you know. No, no, I, I, agree. I agree. You are Chelsea FC. You are Chelsea FC. Don't want to see Breuer. Nukuku, he, he looks like he's the guy. Mm. I could just see, like, even though he, the way he took his goal, like, the things he does, I could tell he's the guy. And I think Chelsea have really suffered without him. But yeah. Poch isn't pulling up trees. Man's playing centre-backs that aren't fluid, mm. full-back. One minute Enzo's 10, next minute he's 6. One minute Gallagher's 10, then he's force 9. Uh, yeah. Palmer's force 9. Then he... What's, bro is just picking any... Do you know when you go to formation? Man's just clicking triangle for random. Picking a random formation. Fuck it, let's, let me just try this, because... Yeah, so I think yeah. Chelsea have a lot of good players, but they're also young players. I think in terms of established players, you could I can't really say it's um Thiago Silva and Sterling, right? And, and I think it's quite difficult. When I say established, I mean establishing good. Okay. Like, like 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 respected, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I don't and I, and I think Thiago's on his way out and Sterling, I I I I kind of get the vibe of Sterling is just kind of like out of it, even though he's played well sometimes. Yeah, I agree. Just, yeah, so, so 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 they don't have like a Salah. Yeah, they don't have like a... Well, I'm not with it, man. Yeah, so they don't have that. Maybe they're established pros that will consistently play at a high level and they could do more and more for the team. So if, And I think it's so much worse when your coach isn't levels. Right. Like, he's not getting... The Chelsea players aren't... They're not rubbish, bro. There's a lot of good players there. Give, give some other man them, them players and then... Bro... Klopp is getting it cracking with some of the most joke man midfalls I've ever seen in my life, cuz. And I think, and also, when Ant, it's funny, when Ant was jokingly saying at the start, yeah, that he was looking at Liverpool's starting 11 and thinking, oh, why am I scared of these men? That's how I feel most of the time when I look at Liverpool's team. Like, I feel like to, the way Liverpool perform today is, is kind of reflective of their um, their squad and their 11, mm-hmm. hard defence. But Klopp mm-hmm. is phenomenal. So yeah. Klopp mm-hmm. is able to maximise them week in, week out. That's right. why they've, they've been unbeaten since August. Or September, one of the two. When and 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 and, and Shams, even though these players aren't the greatest, yeah, <clears throat> they play though. They're aggressive. I watch the yeah. Chelsea game. I'm like, Chelsea have got better players on the pitch, and these men are getting popped. Right. So I'm saying, so I'm sorry, right? Like, and Chelsea, okay, cool. Maybe they don't have the players to be in a mix of Man City, Liverpool, 
and Arsenal, which is quite mad to say because Aston Villa are currently in the mixer with Man City, Liverpool and Arsenal, as are Spurs, right? But your squad isn't 12th in the league, 11th in the league. That don't make no damn sense. Do you know it's what I'm not. saying? So, and I think, and I think, I think, I think that's on the, I think that's on the Yeah, and, and and at this point now, so we've seen what the gaffer's on. So at this point now, it's now the board. Like, now, if if the board really do care about winning, which I, I don't, doesn't, I don't get the vibe that, you know, that's their thing. Obviously, we're never going to really? get... After the amount of money that they've spent. So, so, I think there's a difference between ambition and, like, intention. But when it comes to winning, you need that. You need a little bit of ruthlessness. Um, so the, the ambition is definitely there. Um, but that ambition, it seems a bit long term. It don't seem like they're here. For, they want to win now. I feel like they're happy to kind of go the long way around things. So that's mm. where that ruthlessness is kind of missing. Do you get what I'm saying? Obviously, I'm not asking for you to be a ruthless as a Abramovich because that's a one in the. No, Shams, do you know what? Do you know what? I think I, I disagree with you. Though. I think they want to win now, and that's why they made it heavy investment. I think the difference is is that a lot of a lot of things that. The more I've grown up watch sports, a lot of stuff is PR related. Do you know what I'm saying? Like some 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 owners and some managers are willing to probably not do what's right to save face. So like even even Potter, Potter should have got sacked a long time ago. But he knew I just fucking sacked Tommy Tuchel, who's arguably one of the top five coaches in the world. He's won this club of Champions League. I've just sacked him for this guy, and this guy is stinking up the joint. So if I sack this guy, he's going to make it very apparent that what I did was wrong, and that's why my man stayed in, in the job a lot longer than he than he's done. Yeah. So yeah. like so yeah. yeah. So I I think what's happening with Chelsea right now is that um what's his name Bowley and Co aren't like Roman. If Roman clots, Roman is not having a Roman just wants to win because he 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 ain't, he ain't here for the fufu lame shit. He's here for the W's and nothing more, nothing less, and not even just W's. He wants W's with pizzazz and style, right? And if Roman's clots, he's made a mistake. He doesn't give a fuck if it's a club legend, a nobody, his wife's best friend. Bro is getting fired, cuz. You get what I'm saying? Rem- Di Matteo is a Chelsea, is a is a, is a iconic player for Chelsea. He won the Champions League. He sat man before like February. He don't give a shit, cuz. You get what I'm saying? He go- Lampard, club legend, sat my man. He didn't he, he don't care. Whereas Bowley, I think he's trying to save face because then if you now suck Poch. You've made them, bro. This is the third manager. You can't, the second manager, no, third manager you sacked in like what, 12 months? Right. And then now it looks like you're the problem. Do you get what I'm saying? So right. and that's that's the vibe I get from Chelsea where the ownership aren't doing everything in their, in, what's everything that's in the best interest of the club to win. Whereas Chelsea and Chelsea fans don't know what they had in Abramovich, well, some of them. Abramovich is the best owner I've seen at, I don't give a shit. I want my team to win, and that's all I care about. And all his decisions are are, are centered on winning. Do you know what I'm saying? Second man like AVB cost him a good like 20, 27 million buff. He didn't give a shit. Take your money, get out of my club, you bum. Do you know what I'm saying? That's the type of that's the type of vibe that Roman's on. Now you got this stupid. I, I think I think, on, bro. I think what you're saying, everything you're saying is valid. My only thing is, I just questioned if you want to win. If you want to win now, why is your policy so hell bent on signing players who are so young, not established, man have played less than. Man have, played, man have come into Chelsea and they haven't even touched 50 games in their career, 100 games in their career. Do you know what I'm saying? And like, why is that your policy? Why, why are you so against signing? Okay, let me, let, me, let me speak on this. And I think this is a very interesting point you brought up. because I think it's a long way thing. Go on. Yeah, I, I heard, I'm not sure, so you could tell me this, that because I remember on Twitter, I think some Chelsea fans were like, why don't we sign Madison? And apparently, uh, you're not going to sign him because of his age, because he's like 26, 27. Apparently, you don't want to sign him. And I think that's mad because most Championship teams have 
don't have like they still have certain men who are 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32 who are established already know how to perform at a high level week in, week out. The only as I said before, the only two people you got there is Sterling and Thiago Silva. Thiago Silva is damn near 58. And Sterling is just boy, I'm just waiting for Carnival. You get me? Like, so when so I yeah, that's a good point. Why aren't you signing like okay, cool? Bro's 27, 28 right now. He's ready to mash work. Do you know what I'm saying? I think that's a very good point. I don't know. Maybe Chelsea are, are treating these young boys like like Ethereum or something. I don't know. No, uh, Moli's <laughs> definitely treating Chelsea like they're OKC, like bare first round. <laughs> <laughs> and the plan is like 20, 2026 is when these will come good and then we'll get, yeah. we'll get the championship. That's what Chelsea are on, bruv. OKC. <laughs> I, I, I completely hear you. I completely hear you, Shams. It's an interesting one. So, you do you think. He's gonna get the whole season then, Shams. If you're a better man, do you think Poch will get the whole season? Uh if we continue to get results like this, I don't think so, no. Okay. Um but it'll by, by the time this it'll be like a Potter thing, I think. Like Potter was sacked in April, which is way too late. Um, so I think they might ride it out a little bit longer, but I don't think the way it's going now, I don't think he lasts the end of the season personally. No. Yeah, hate to see it, man. Or oh, one more but love to see it. Anyway, <laughs> let's go on to the the, the third game of the, the week. Uh, Manchester United at home against West Ham. Jisoo, uh 3-0 home win against the former manager. Was the game as comfortable as the scoreline suggests? Uh, not really. I think West Ham did have quite a lot of the game. Especially after the first 15 minutes. And they had opportunities to like um, really get into the game. Emerson had a very good chance um, and he just took too long and just skied the ball. There's a couple nearly moments. Um, I think uh, Bowen had a chance to make it 2-1. But I just think that United had more quality in the final third. But it wasn't a very impressive performance to me. Very ponderous and slow in the ball. Um, every time, like, um, like Bruno would get the ball, it's just a bad touch, heavy touch. Same with Garnacho. For the first 45 minutes, they really, like, killed all the attacks. But Garnacho eventually kind of got it going. Um, Mayno was anonymous. Nobody seems to be able to give him the ball. Um Maguire was good. A lot of good switch passes to Rashford. Rashford was ugh. um Yeah, it was just a very blah performance. Very blah performance. I thought Casemiro was good. Quite a lot of good passes. He put he put a lot of urgency and impetus into the game. Um, Hodgson took his goal brilliantly. Brilliant goal. And Garnacho started to get a crack in towards the end. But yeah, just very bland team. Like, watching that game, you don't feel like you're watching a top side versus like a pretty good mid-table side. It just felt like a typical mid-table clash. And the fact that West Ham kind of pens United in, and it went by design for Man United. I just think United couldn't really control the ball, and like West Ham won the midfield battle pretty comfortably. Alvarez was, in my opinion, the best player in the pitch. He was just dunking on midfield. It just kind of raised a lot of alarm bells. Like even when at home, we can't impose our will on West Ham. And obviously, this week I've I watched Spurs that Everton, which they weren't that great, but they were good for second half. I watched obviously the Chelsea, I mean the Arsenal Liverpool game, and I'm like, this is what it looks like. High energy, high pressing. Don't we're not even letting these men even think they can get comfortable with the ball? They're gonna have to give us this ball back, or we're gonna keep them in, and we just can't play like that. And just yeah, man, we're just it just wasn't very pretty, in my opinion. <sighs> That's two wins in a week. Um, obviously, you've had like the more experienced players return, so Casemiro back in the side, Martinez, who went off injured today, unfortunately, Onana back from. Afcon, Rashford. Is that unfortunately injury or unfortunately Anana back? Unfortunately both. Unfortunately both. 
Did you see all that Afghan? He was a fucking mess. Oh my god! <laughs> like my man, my my man, my man went there late. Yeah. Then went there, dropped in a whole of shame performance, and then got benched, and then got told to cut yard, bruv. Man got benched for a guy who's like forty-five on FIFA. It said it's his cousin, brother. It's his little cousin still. Wait, what? It's his what? It's his little what? cousin. Is that banned or for real? Nah, apparently it's his little cousin. <laughs> hey, cuz you're shit, you know. Man took your chain, cuz. <laughs> oh my god. Tell your mom to prepare that jollof at Christmas, yeah, because you know, do yeah. Ondoa, like, oh, just have the same kind of name as me, but like change it a bit, yeah. You like their two, their dads are brothers, and I just changed up your name a bit from our name, yeah. Um, the guy's a joke, to be honest with you. The guy's an absolute <laughs> joker. Um, I'm not really, I'm, I'm, I'm not really here for it. For me, Martinez, watching him back in the team, man, man, different level, different level. He's a bit, he's probably, he's, he's got to a point where I think he might be the best player of the team. Like, he's different level, bro. He's a different level. And yeah. it's so funny because he, he'll be so composed on the ball, fire it for the line, and then give it back to him. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want none of that heat, man. He's aggressive. Oh, aggressive. man. Frankfurt defending. He will hold on to the ball and evade pressure to then find a teammate through the lines consistently. Uh, I want to talk about Bruno Fernandes. Uh, obviously, this is a player that we've spoken about at length throughout the years on the main pod on Morgan, but I really feel like what he's doing right now is possibly the worst he's ever been for this club. Nah, just... nah, it's, it's not, no, it's not no, no, because no, no, no. Nah. I will explain. <laughs> Bruno, there was Bruno Fernandes who was poor, poor performances, but he got his numbers, right? Then there was Bruno Fernandes last season who he was less wasteful, got less numbers, but okay, fine. You're not amazing, but you're not a, you're not a net negative anymore. You're kind of like a, a positive, actually. In fact, you're, you're net po- positive. We now have a Bruno Fernandes who just kind of goes through games either doing nothing, i.e. you don't know who's playing, or every touch and every decision is almost always trash. So for me, there's nothing like, there's no goals and assists to hide behind. I think this is the worst Bruno Fernandes I've seen. I hear what you're saying, yeah? I hear what you're talking about. You are, you're probably right in terms of the impact is probably the worst. But my eyes cannot unsee what I saw the first year and a half of Bruno Fernandes. He was doing things, yeah, that nobody has ever done before. Like, nobody has ever done before. Do you get what I'm saying? But, like, today, Moralia, watching him again, I watch Spurs FC, so I'm seeing, I'm, I'm seeing my boy Jimbo Madison. Then today I'm watching Odegaard. And obviously we've seen the, the, the boss, KDB. Yeah. Bruno is not... Oh, and I saw my boy Eze earlier this week. Right. Bruno is nowhere near any of these type of players. Like the amount of times, okay, cool. The ball's in the final third. Heavy touch. Heavy touch. Like the one thing he has improved on is his decision making in the final third has got better. Like he does his good reverse passes. Some of the waiting and the passing is good. So I'm not gonna I like to be objective. But as a footballer, he's just not good. He's not good. Like we can't we can't build a team around somebody who can't even evade pressure. He can't evade pressure. No but, interest playing between the lines and, at all. Yeah, he brought to the point where Casemiro was getting pissed off at him. People keep wondering why don't we get the most of Ronaldo's passing? Because nobody wants the ball, bro. We can't visit none of these men want the ball. None of them do. None of them do. Lissandro Le, literally forces them to have the ball. He just whizzes at their feet. Hold that. Right. Do you get what I'm saying? And another thing with Bruno is um man plays every minute of every 
damn game. Right. We can't escape him. And what's so bad is that, and I think a lot of his mistakes come from Mario, because he knows he can't dribble and evade pressure, he has to do everything within two, three touches. Right, right, right. Yes, yeah. And hot potato board, you get it. And now he's just like, an, he's just a negative, as you said. Like, yeah. oh man, it's just nasty to watch. And his presence, and now we're not playing him 10 anymore. So we don't get the benefit of his, he's got a great strike. He, he right. has brilliant movement in terms of goal scoring. He's good at getting to goal scoring scenarios. Like, yeah. He's actually amazing at that. Top, top, top. But after that, he stinks. But because we're playing like now Casemiro as the lone six and two eights, he's more of a midfielder now. So he can't coast play as a striker. Right, right. We, we basically have two people in midfield when we play with him. Yeah, yeah, it's, scary. I, 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 it's, 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 it's very scary. I was, I was gonna actually say because with what you said about his, this being the worst version of him, I, I want to, sh- even though I'm not a fan of Bruno Fernandez myself, I do want to shoot him some bell in the fact that, as as this is just mentioned, he is playing in a more deeper position than he was previously, and yeah. I think ETH has brought him back in the pitch, and it's just not getting the best out of him, and the best that you can get out of him in terms of what he can do in terms of his ball striking, in terms of his, I guess, sometimes his his passing, which can actually lead to an assist. I think in the, the that number eight position that he's in now, that's being taken away from him. But it's what your team needs, bro. We can't just play him where it suits him if it doesn't help the rest of the team. And you know what? I actually think it helps the team, you know. I yeah. actually think, me personally, I actually think it's better for our team. What if that formation has- if he's out, no, no, no. go on. No, I think. Um, would you say if we play? If, um, hold on. Do you mean if he's out of the team or we play him as a ten? As a ten. I think we're better with him as a ten. So I don't think we have enough good enough midfielders to play two eights. I think. I think it's better if we just play Casemiro and Mena right next to him because we can't get Mena the ball if he's out of the pitch. Mm. We we literally can't because these men are retarded. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I think the formation will be better if Bruno went in the team. Yeah. If we were Bruno in the team, we had Mounts, Mount, uh, Mena, Casemiro, right. then yeah. Yeah, but yeah. if we're going to play Bruno, we have to play him 10. There's no point playing him 8. He can't do it, cuz. Yeah. Either way, we're screwed. Either way, we're screwed. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I just don't want to see him, to be honest. If I, I, Yeah, no, no. Hey, hey. I've been there since May 2020. So you, <laughs> you, you don't have to tell me. Yeah, I, know, I know he's supposedly having this great time. I don't particularly enjoy watching him either. Uh, Ooh, very, nice yeah, very scrappy. He stinks. Very he fucking stinks, bro. Uh, he makes a lot he of stinks. mistakes. He just execution is poor more often than not. And yeah, you'll give him the time because he's young. But I need him to play some Amad Diallo. I need to see some of that football on the right hand side. Where is that brother? Huh? Where is that brother? He keeps. <laughs> Don't ever ask me a question like that again in your life. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> he came back and then he got injured at the, in preseason, uh, and he's only just coming back and getting fit again. So he came on for Anthony like after like fifty five minutes against Nottingham Forest, and I was like, "Yes, we're in business." Then Hogs realized Anthony's crap, and Ahmad got a bit of jink jink, and he actually came on and he was the only play person playing football, dribbling, linking up, playing one twos, getting into space. Combined, and I thought, okay, Ten Hag, that cameo as he gets fitter, you're good. We're gonna see more of him. Ain't seen him since. Ain't yeah, he, he he got ill. Yeah, but since he's been back, the illness. He hasn't played. Club, fam. I don't know, fam. I don't Hello. know. 
How can a man be ill, but he, the solution to his illness is getting the surgery on his hip? He's a man in his 20s getting hip surgery. That's worrying. That's, that's insane. That's worrying. Bro, that's bro, literally. Man, man, we ain't seen about since November. We ain't seen about since November. Rashford said he got the illness. These times we've seen him shabining up in Belfast. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> the illness. So anyway, yeah, so, so the timeline just you mentioned is the timeline. And now I'm actually quite disappointed we didn't get Europa. Because I just don't think there's enough games to go around, man. Games, yeah, 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 yeah. We're still in the FA Cup, right? Yeah, but he's that he uses those as an opportunity for Anthony to play well. <laughs> he's still I, 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 I think he's trying to win the FA Cup. I think he's trying to win it. He played a strong team against Newport. He played a very strong team. Obviously, they had time off, so that's the only thing that's not working for me. Obviously, Hoyland, he's he's scoring goals now. Just to you or somebody a bit earlier in the season, that was quite critical. But today's probably the best goal he scored, turned, took 100. it, turned out of pressure, and then right foot. See, see, like see, see Hoyland, yeah? Like, obviously, I want Bro to score. That's why we brought him, yeah? yeah. But if you show me something, I'm going to give him time. He's 20 years old, you get it. What they like is that he wasn't showing nothing. Technically, right. he looked poor. He's getting bullied. First touch, terrible. Not ever fashion a shot for his own self. So when people are like, he doesn't get chances, I'm like, yeah, cool. But the other strikers we've seen play for the team have managed to fashion chances out of nowhere. Obviously, I think they're more talented than him, but whatever. But that goal he scored today, I want to see that more. Not even he doesn't have to score, but you're gonna get goals from just trying your luck. If even even like the best players like Mbappe, if you watch like if you type in Mbappe all goals 2023-2024, some of Mbappe's goals are just him thinking, fuck it, I'm just gonna shoot. Yeah, like the amount of goals Mbappe has got running down the left channel, left foot, which is his weaker foot. I'm just gonna hit the ball, get a good connection, and see what happens. And then the ball might just go for the keeper's legs, or keeper puts his hand down, but doesn't get a strong enough arm and goes in. Right. Like you just got, you got, you got to get your shots off. Like look yeah. at Salah, he's a, he's the I biggest opportunity. Four, four shots a game minimum. Get your shots off. I look at that like, and and I love that the way he he actually turned somebody, generated space for his shot, great hit with his right foot, best the best goal he scored. And I like that. There's there's things that he has shown that I liked. I like the fact that when the balls flash across the box, he's almost always there. Mm. I like that. That's why the goal he scored midweek yes. was that was my favorite goal up, up until this one. Because it's like, yes, we ain't had a striker to score on type of goal. Literally, it's only been like Cavani in like the last 15 years mm. in terms of the United striker since Chicharito that get, got those proper striker type goals. And I like that. So yeah, 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 yeah. more of that, more of that from Hoyland. His decision making is a bit janky, but again, he's just 20. And also doesn't help that he play, he's playing with a lot of like very, very unintelligent human beings. But yeah. good on him to get that goal. Brilliant goal. I was happy for him. Agreed. He, 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 every game he has one fit at Garnacho, where Garnacho, from his perspective... Garnacho is fucking annoying. Yeah, just doesn't get him the ball. Obviously, Julian Chem, Julian team midweek, Kobe Mayno, you saw the goal. Um, give us the thoughts from Anfield and from Stamford Bridge, please, sir. Uh, Kobe Mayno, he's a talent, man. He, he's, he's one midfielder 
in that Man United midfield that's actually a gem. I don't, I really don't rate anyone else from what I've seen so far at United. Um, but he's so, so good, man. I like how confident he is, how he's able to get up the pitch. But as well as that, he's able to actually, he, he can tussle. For someone that's, is he 18 or 19? 18, yeah. 18. 18 years old, exactly. Oh, man. For at that age, for you to be able to tussle in a United midfield that's quite disjointed, yeah. And you're actually showing something. It goes to show how much talent you have. But I really, really like him, man. He's 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 top. He's, he's top. He's class, man. He's got he's got something that um all the other men don't have, which is a brain for one. And <laughs> yeah. he's actually he's actually got technique and he's got some physicality about him. Mm-hmm. And United, you usually have maybe half of one of those three. You might be a bit smart, but you've got no PMP. You've got no tech. You might have some tech. We got no. You got no brain. You got no PMP. You might have a PMP. We got no brain. You got no tech. But he actually has a combination of all three, and I think going forward, that's the standard. Like, mm. if you're going to spend big money, that's the standard. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, like if you're if you if Carrington's bringing out the likes of Rashford, um, Garnacho to a lesser extent, he who should not be named, may know. Mm. Like we can't be going to next man's academies or next man's clubs and coming to bring some donuts. Do you get what yeah. I'm saying? So, yeah, he and that goal he scored was just fan- sensational. Yeah, just so pure yeah. ability, pure composure. Watching that, I'm like, go on, actually, quite a job like that. McTominay was taking five shots before he even got near to the place where Mayo took his final shot, and obviously he's a brilliant finish. So he's probably the only bright spot Mariah of the season so far. And I'm just really hoping somehow we can get Ahmad on the team because I think Ahmad is a lot better than Garnacho. I think Garnacho. I think Garnacho is very, very limited. Agreed. Like he, to me, he's to me, he's he's Daniel James with just a bit more dog. Like that's what I get. Like Daniel James had so much speed, but he couldn't beat anybody. Mm-hmm. See how many times got Garnacho stood up? Um, uh, what's his name? Emerson couldn't get past him. The yeah, only yeah. time he made separation of Emerson. Is when he cut back onto his left foot because Emerson's thinking, yeah, go on, then your left foot shit. Yeah. And he managed, he managed to, to, to sneak a goal out of it. But yeah, at least, it, he's probably, at least he's getting he's getting his numbers up. But I'm a process man. Yeah, yeah. I'm, he, I'm a process man. <laughs> There's gonna be a point when you can't, you're not gonna get these one on ones or these back post happens. Yeah. And if you keep playing the same, people are gonna be angry. Do you get what I'm saying? So agreed, agreed. Yeah. I think what, what's what's the saying? Like I think again, Shannon Shannon Sharp, don't accept in a victory what you wouldn't in a defeat, right? Um, and how he how he plays this t- and I want to give him time and patience because he's young. But this is this is a difficult thing because sometimes the managers are just putting players in the firing line and the guy's not asking to be picked, right? Like Conor Gallagher for you, for example, Shems. You probably don't want to watch him week in, week out. He's not going in there and telling Pochettino to play uh, to start him every single game, right? So I try and separate how I feel about the players um a lot from like their transfer fee. I think you've mentioned that as well, Shems, and just how I feel about the manager and the decisions they're making. So obviously we'll have more patience for him as a 19-year-old. But I think when I even think within the context of there's a player who I think is better, who's not getting an opportunity to play, it just makes it that that much harder. But they did ask Ten Hag about, you know, our lack of forward options with Marshall's hip surgery. And he's like, you know, we've got Amari Forson and we've got Amar Diallo, so we'll have to be creative. So I'm hoping that in the coming weeks we get to see we get to see him him play and show what he can do. Because the funniest thing is, he came here when he was 19, I think. He's going to be 21, 22 this year. Um, and even when he was 19, like, he played well for us. He played the last league game of the season for Oli against Wolves. was really good. Played in the Europa League against AC Milan, scored a goal for us. We went through, was really good. So he's been, in my mind, first team ready since he got here almost. 
And what we should have seen was kind of just like a slow progression over the seasons of him going from like mainly playing with the youth, but then getting a first team game here and then, then against like the weaker teams in the Cups. And then where to the point where you're playing half of the first team games and then you're tussling. Once um, he who must not be named left, then you've got an opportunity. But then we've got Jaden Sancho, right? And then once Sancho came in, now Sancho gets two seasons to show if he's the he's the truth. And now he's he's back in Germany. And I think probably if I was a mod, once I saw us get Sancho, I probably would have been looking around like Rashford, Sancho, Anthony, then free. And then Garnacho comes out of nowhere. <clears throat> I should be looking to pack my bags, man. So if I'm him, I'm probably looking to, to make a move this summer if I don't get much playing time between now and the end of the season because I think all this playing sure. time you miss out of is the difference between having a good, great career and just having a decent to good good career, right? So, yeah, Senhal's got better players now, so they're doing better individual actions, um, but still hard to understand what you're trying to do out there, really how we're trying to, like, beat teams week in, week out, so... I think the performances will be similar to what we saw last season, which for me weren't good enough. But yeah, it is what it is. Anyway, lads, let's talk about the most uh, electrifying tournament in sports <laughs> entertainment, man. Honestly, the 2023 AFCON, every game is a bloody movie. Absolutely. It's United. It's United, not just obviously the, the Africans, but it's had eyes from, yeah, it's had eyes from all over the world on it. Um, so we're now at the semi-final stage. So we've got Nigeria are going to be playing South Africa and Cote d'Ivoire are going to be playing Congo. Is that your Congo, uh, Julian? It is. Yeah, you're not, you're not moving proud, bro. Move proud, my guy. No, I, I'm proud, man. No, I even, that's what I even came on the pod, you know what I mean? The double whammy, Liverpool and Congo, you know what I mean? I'm here, man. <laughs> I respect it. I respect it. So let, let's actually start. So you guys beat, it was a Guinea you guys beat, right? Um, yeah. yeah, you guys beat Guinea 3-1 three, three, to get to the semi-finals. Um, who the hell plays for you? Like, Tell us about your players. Tell us about the journey so far. I don't know how many of the games you've actually caught. But yeah, t- mm-hmm. tell us about your team. And do you have a ch- chance against us? Obviously, on the, you've got three, ni- three Nigerians. Um, and if you beat them and we beat um, South Africa, so it's a, it's a finals team. So yeah, tell mm-hmm. us about your team. Well, uh, our team is uh, personally. I don't think they're very great, but it's it's Afcon. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't want to say it. That is a means more tournament. Yeah, that's a means more tournament. The seventh division in Poland, yeah, and they're yeah. giving guys who are playing in top European leagues a bad day. So forget what league they play. Forget about it, all that. Yeah. So we've got Masawaka used to play for West Ham, um, yeah. and he got that wonder goal um, from that free kick, which is pretty good. Um, nice. We got uh, we Johan Wieser. He plays for he plays for Bournemouth. He's yep. pretty good as well. Um, and he's a, I think he's our best player to be honest. Um, I, I really really like him, man. Because um, he, yeah, he's he's proper active. And we have got Bakambu, who's a striker, but he's like been around, gone to Galatasaray. He played for Betis now, but he played for Galatasaray, Villa, Villarreal, and I think he had a stint in China for the bag. You know, oh no, Russia, China. sorry, for the bag. China. China. <laughs> I think yeah. it was one of those countries for the bag, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but now nah, we this tournament. I gotta be honest. We haven't played very well. Um, yeah, there's been loads of draws, um, and we haven't really put good, good patterns of play together. Like even speaking to some of my uncles and aunties who are, who are of course, tuned into the game as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're they're all saying the same thing in Ningala. They're just like, yeah, we're, we're you know we're <laughs> winning games, but 
we're not playing well. We're not playing well. Like even the way we're headering the ball, like you can imagine just being in my house and them doing the actions, headering the ball. Like oh, we're not headering it this way. We're heading it this way. So we've not been good. But that Guinea game was quite convincing. Um, the first half, um, it was a bit of a toss up. The proper Afcon game, proper scrap. But then in that second half, I think we we, we played well, we played very well, and it, it did fill me with joy being able to see Navigator cry because for all the <laughs> bastardry this guy has done at my club and not being able to perform, the no 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 yeah go on right you can do that. yeah all of that ah uh, to see him cry <laughs> for my country to make him cry made me feel good and it did give me some vindication for what was a flop signing for us so yeah. Um, but now we're in the semi-finals. Um, it's our, uh, we've been to the semi-finals in 2015, I believe. That was the last time we was in the semi-finals. Nice. And the last time we won it was in the 80s. So, um, oh, yeah. You guys won it. Fair, man. Yeah, we won it. We won it like... Hey, man, Congo, we were big dogs in... You know what I mean? We were big dogs. Well, you're, well, you're, well you're not. Okay? Yeah. Well, you've, got, you've got an opportunity <laughs> here. Because I because I don't know they've necessarily been the best. But listen, man, yeah. this tournament for me is just been so electrified. Now. I said like actually, almost every game it feels like whoever's the favorite isn't gonna win. Yeah, so that's what I love about it. Yeah, when we were going in against the game against Angola, I was actually expecting uh, for us to lose that game, but it was actually a professional. It was actually a professional performance from um, Nigeria. Adamola Lukman grabbed another goal. Um, what are you guys thinking of the Nigeria performances here, Shem's? This I don't know if you guys have caught the games. Yeah, yeah. I've watched the games. Uh, I think Lukman's been our best player. I'm not sure what Shem's thinks. But I think he's like, like when he's playing, he's got like a quality ceiling and level above everybody else. I thought Wobi's done well in midfield. Mm. I think the defender, I think the defenders have been pretty solid at the back. Um, the left back, I can't remember his name. He 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 frightens me, and he took one of the shots. Oh my god, he's in, the, um, yeah, he took one. Yeah, he took one of the worst shots I've ever seen in my entire life. Usher, Usher, man, it's nasty. He plays for the team. He yeah is Mobona Feli Feli Dunes. That is who <laughs> he is. He is Mobona Feli Feli Dunes, bro. Never use that the same thing. But obviously, because he's got the black man's blood, <laughs> his PMP, his PMP is another level, fam. <laughs> <laughs> What what the, the magic thing about Osherman is here, you just put the ball anywhere near him, it's long. He's yeah. gonna get there first. Bro, man could man could jump like flipping Spider-Man. Right. He the, the pressing is insane. Yeah. And with these AFCON defenders, yeah, bro, you can see it in their brains, they're malfunctioning when Osherman's about because <laughs> they start to Bro, like nah, bro, he's some he's not he's not human. Yeah, like okay. the energy, the physicality. Is mad, but the technical stuff isn't is, uh, as I said, my wonderfully fully Nunes. But yeah, I think my only issue with Nigeria is that they're not killing games off. Yeah, mm. they're not killing games off, they get into dangerous positions, don't kill the game off, and then bro, um, Angola hit the post, they went one on one. Yeah, like the fact that they counted on Nigeria at that point in time in the game was really, really poor form from Nigeria. Yeah. But they've 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 performed pretty well so far. I think I think Nigeria have been set up really well by the manager Jose Pizarro. I think his name is. Yeah, something like that. I think the system really suits the players because, um, as Disu said, even though we're not killing games off, we've got that solid foundation at the, um, to to see us through. So Basi um, Ajayi 
and Ikong. They've both, all three of them have been really, really, really good. Like so solid. Um, and then the wing back, the wing back um, for uh, wing back position for Aina has given him a lot of freedom to get. Hey, Aina, oh, Aina. So like he's playing with so much freedom. Hey, he's cold. He's playing with so much freedom. And you're seeing like a new confidence from him. Right. So he's contributing a lot going forward. And then I think the only thing that I don't like here is that I would have liked to see Iwobi get a bit more creative freedom because Iwobi, mm. um, he's, he's playing more of a, a deeper kind of discipline role and then, and he kind of, he breaks from deep. But I feel like he, um, in, the, in the early games, I felt like he was the one that could be that link. But mm. as, the, as the games have progressed, you've seen Lookman kind of get that freedom to kind of, be that mm. link because he's so technically secure. He's the, he's, he's the best technical player in the team by far. Right. Um, so I guess with Lukeman kind of coming into that kind of those pockets, it's, it's okay. Yeah. Um, off the left. But in the beginning, I think Lukeman's like started on the right and it was like Chiquesi and it wasn't yeah. really working. So, but it's, but I think, I think the foundation defensively has been fantastic and it's allowed us to, to, to go forward and oh, you know yeah. one goal conceded up until the semis. You can't complain, man. Yeah. I really, I really, really wish we had Eze in the mix, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of man, can't lie. Do you know what? That's a very good point. Because as I said, <laughs> when you got AFCOM, your stats all start at 60. You have this to prove is... that you've got 95 plus control. These yeah, are different pictures. Yeah, it's, it's, a different, it's a different it's a different humility in air. Yeah. You, you get me? That's why people say Wambi Saka should play for us. I'm like, boy, I, I don't boy. know, man. Hey, Wambi Saka might play DM for you lot, you know? <laughs> no, the thing is, he actually might. He actually might even run it right wing. I'm not even joking. He's a right back. If I see Wabasaka, load six, <laughs> 150 touches, 100 passes a game. Man. But you know what? 7.6 you know on soccer score. Metronome. He's a metronome. metronome. You Hashtag me more. You might be cooking because him in the middle with those long legs, Spider. Number six, you know what I mean? He can yeah. be camping, guys. I can't lie, you're cooking still. Yeah. yeah, he's probably looking. No, why, why, no, why mess up taking a piss, bro? Because you're not, you know, you're not paying for England. Bro, just you are never getting in the bro, just don't, bro, just can't be bothered to travel, fam. He's just like, fuck it. Right, let me just go selfishes. <laughs> it's true. The man's actually seen the international things. Like, you know what? I'm not going to get into England, but these international let's go to the back. Let's go to the back. Because remember, Didier Drogba convinced Zaha to the Ivory Coast team. Uh, when they recorded Zaha, he's like, what are you doing here, man? What are these Africans talking about, man? And Zaha never knows what's going on. He's like, bruv, they're going to ask me to pay for boots and that, fam. Like, what's going on, bruv? Zaha, Zaha, Zaha's on the bus, on the bus thinking they're going to start. They're, he's trying to hear some flipping DBE and Captain Conan. Man, I'm playing some... some Premier Gaul, bruv. Olumen team. <laughs> yeah. uh, Zaha looks so stressed when he plays for them, but it's so funny, fam. <laughs> he, he, he stayed behind to chill with the Galatasaray man. They're in a they're in a yeah. league title. Um, they're in a league title bout. Let's mm. talk about Mali versus Ivory Coast. What an absolutely insane! You know I'm so pissed off that Ivory Coast are still in this tournament because they, they are putting up one of the most. Fraudulent performances. I've That's what they're going to win the tournament. I want everybody to know, fam. They're going to win the tournament. They have, bro. I've seen this movie too many times. They have, how? No, I'm sorry. If you're the home, if you lose two out of your three um, group stage games, okay, and you're the host, and you lost four nil, yeah, bro. you should. I don't want to hear third place loser. You should be 
excommunicated, fam. You should be kicked and, out of the tournament. And, and, I'm, and sorry, yeah. I'm, I'm not with this third place um, group. Why are we, we hey. Please bring more teams into the tournament so we can you just have top two straight. Portugal no. 2016. I'm sorry, Portugal 2016. Yeah, in, uh, was it in France? That was yeah. an atrocity that I, should, I never wanted to see ever again. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was unbid. I couldn't. They won one game, game out of seven. Unbelievable. They won one game out of seven on a tournament. And then Ivory Coast were down to ten men. Scored in the ninetieth minute. They scored in the hundred twenty first fucking minute. That they had to, they had to pour water over our guys' heads. <laughs> and you know what I noticed about Ivory Coast, yeah, because the, because they're hosting the tournament, these men are just popping into the stadium after they win or when they need a win or when they need a result and just vibing and just celebrating, and just raving it up, bro. Like, come on, man, they, these men can't win it. I can't lie. No, no, but we no, no, no. We need to speak on full time. The Mali coach down in the dumps on the ground. An assistant coach is baptizing him with fucking water. What you know, is going on? That was the visualization of my head's hot. Like his head was literally hot. No, nah, Afcon. Oh, Afcon is too oh, peak. Afcon is too peak. The other white guy was like, oh, "Come on, it's enough, man." Hey, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, actually, wait, Julia, can you spread some light on that celebration, please? What were bros doing? Better than that team. You don't see it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, yeah, like, um, yeah what, what's, what's that about? It's just a dance, isn't it? Fair well, you know, you know, you know, Congolese people like to dance. It's just a dance, isn't it? No, it's called, I, like I think it's called a Mabinzu. I'm not sure, but it's just a dance, isn't it? Like, it's just, you know what I mean? Mabinzu, Mabinzu madness. Are you fucking mad? Mabinzu, madness. Yeah, I need, I need Mabinzu madness on Ivory Coast's head, please, because I need it as well, man. I need I'm not gonna lie. I, I am. It. I'll be honest. If we do beat Ivory Coast, I am scared, like, to face Nigeria. I can't lie. Like, why? Because if you lose, you get dunked on. No, but no. To be honest, getting dunked on is not is not. Um, you're already not in. Boring. You're already in the the, the, the red, bro. You're laughing. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're good. But it's just that I don't want to see too many of you guys happy. You know what I mean? Like you guys, <laughs> there's happiness, and then there's Nigerian happiness, which I don't. No, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. Nigerians are making me sick online. Nigerians are making me sick online. Elijah tweeted, "Yeah, that Premier Gal is Nigerian song now." Oh my day. <laughs> Oh my! You know I get it now. I get it. No, because you, man, when you win, you can't just win. You have to take people down with you. Like there's no just winning. It has to be everyone. Nigeria said that whoever wins on Wednesday gets to claim a Mapiano. Are these guys sick? (laughs) Yeah, the Mapiano derby. Yeah. Listen, I'm only I'm I'm only celebrating if Nigeria win the tournament. That's when I'll start tweeting. Until then, I don't give a shit, cuz. But I'll be right. I do want you guys to be South Africa though, because of course some political reasons. But yeah, like yeah, what I, you, I, what you, what you, um, what you Israeli? Yeah. Hell. What the hell? For political reasons, oh, right. <laughs> they, they, they had to add Julian and Mabintu at the ICJ. You know? Can you imagine? Back country as well, so I can't even speak too much. But yeah, man. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. But no, listen, if you're listening and you haven't caught the Afcon games, give them a watch this week. They're both going to be on Wednesday the seventh. We're going to be on the Discord. I'll post the Discord link along with the podcast link when we tweet it out. So join us to watch the Nigeria versus South Africa games at five o'clock. The Ivory Coast versus Congo game is at eight o'clock. The final is this Sunday. 
the 11th. Listen, man, it's been a hell of a tournament for, for, for AFCON and it should finish um, in, in strong form. Let's go on to our weekly awards, gentlemen. You know the game, the three S's. Firstly, star of the weekend. I'm going to start with you, Julian. It's going to be managers, coaches. Who is your star of the week, sir? Mine has to be uh, Cunha from Wolves. Um, Hattrick, pretty simple. Dunked on Chelsea. <laughs> Had a, yeah, amazing weekend. So, Cunha. Fair, man. Shems, not to stick the knife in, or maybe to stick the knife in. Uh, who's <laughs> the star of the weekend? James Madison. I thought it was an absolute joy to watch on Saturday. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brought the joy back, yeah? Fair, man. And this is, who's your star of the weekend? This is like a rare week where there's like a few stars. I thought, obviously, Cunha mm-hmm. and my thought, Jorginho today was sensational. Right. Richarlison, two brilliant finishes. He's been on form. Yeah. But I'm going to go Douglas Louise. He was moving nuts. Okay. Mm. Nice. Cool. I start, uh, I, I, I'll continue on you, Jesse. Who have you got under surveillance? Surveillance, 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 surveillance. Ooh, that's a good one. Do you know what, yeah? Kanate, cuz. You're under surveillance, Wubo. In the surveillance, yeah? But you're yeah? Fair enough, brother. Yeah, under surveillance, uh, yeah. Julian, who have you got under surveillance? Oh, oh, Zerbi. Okay, the Zerbi off the back of a 4 1 win, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? Do you know why? Four wins are like the last 17 games. I hear you, brother. You know why? Because, yeah, Liverpool fans have been like putting his name for the Liverpool manager's hat and I can't, I'm not buying it. But the so you're watching one... him to see if he deserves it, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm watching him. So, All right, fair it. enough, brother. Uh, Shams, who you got under surveillance? Graven Birch. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> you know, I love I'm... when yeah, the yeah, person that's... under surveillance is a player of somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I think that he's mid. I can't lie to you, but... Watching him, I'm watching you, man. All right, cool. And James, I'll start with you. Who have you got? Saudi bound. Ah, oh, Saudi bound. Hey, tough one, tough one. I'm going for the Okay, <laughs> the heat would kill him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who have you got? Saudi bound, brother. Um. Midweek, I was like Casemiro. You, you, you're ready. You're ready. Getting comfortable in your Saudiness. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, but um, I think I'm gonna have to give it Luis Diaz, bro. It's just what? you, your dad. Just fuck off, the Saudi mate. At least his dad will be safe there. I hope Saudi's safe. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's gonna. Uh, nobody's gonna, right, nobody's right. gonna. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Grab dad. <and> just... <laughs> Um, for me, uh, Sterling, um, oh, that, wow. that, that, oh, yeah, that, sure. getting, that getting booed off at, at Stamford Bridge is, I ain't heard many people get booed off at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, I can't, like, that's man yeah. yeah. got booed off. I went straight to Bagger. He doesn't give a fuck. Hey, have you not seen the picture of, um, Chelsea um, from I think Chelsea's YouTube or something training, and then you're seeing Sasaida running, and then Gallagher and no Enzo and uh, Palmer look so depressed. Yeah, <laughs> 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 
I'll put, I'll put the Galacticos chat. I'll put the Galacticos chat. Chelsea's not a fun place to be at the moment, man. I can't lie. I, I wouldn't want to be playing for Chelsea right now, regardless of how much they're getting paid. Nasty business, brother. Um, let's finish up with some listeners' questions, gentlemen. Um, I'll, I'll preface this, Julian, with the fact that a lot of Dr. Mike content, yeah? So right. you're obviously you're obviously repping. Where, where you feel like he needs to be the answer of the question, just let okay. me know. I'll save them for when he's next on. First one is from Camtana25. What fancy buzzwords will Dr. Mike spew up today? He's going to say words like dubious and, you know, the institution muscle memory that just wasn't required today um, for us to get the win. So, yeah, I, that's probably what he would say, but I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Cool. Uh, next one is from Lacas underscore Stina. <clears throat> Besides the obvious advantage of better agility and balance, why do centre-backs in the ilk of Konate struggle against Pacey and direct wingers, i.e. Martinelli, Matoma, those types? Mm, if I'm going to be honest with you, um, against Martinelli, I don't think Konate's been bad. Not even, not, I don't even think he's struggled um, apart from today. Um, he's actually performed pretty well against Martinelli and there's been like literally comps of him after facing Arsenal that he's played pretty well. Um, against Matoma, I think last season was just a bad season for the whole team overall um, because when we played against Matoma this year, I don't think he struggled at all. So um, Konate, the, the dark example used with Konate, I don't think that necessarily applies. Um, so, yeah. Cool. So, I just saw a question coming live with pictures. Um, Havertz bullied Canate in the second half. I can't lie. His head was spinning. There's about three one-on-ones where Havertz got the, the better of Canate since we're like talking about centre-backs of that ilk and whatnot. What, what were your thoughts on that matchup today, Julian? Uh, yeah, I think Havertz had a pretty good game against Canate. I think he caused him a lot of problems to the point where he literally got sent off um, today. So, yeah, Havertz, man. Even though he wasn't, um, he wasn't firing up front. He was a hundred percent stressing Kanata, and I never knew that day would come because it's no, it's, it's, it's happened before. Though. The, um, he's quite physical. We saw it in the League Cup final two years ago. Where he was giving Van Dijk and um, the Kanata. I don't think Kanata played that game, but he was giving Van Dijk stress that game. So he's quite physical. He's quite a physical lad. He just stinks in the box. Like really stinks in the box. Yeah, but, that, that League Cup final was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember that, pod. that was a good pod. Yeah. So what are you saying? He doesn't necessarily struggle with the Martinelli's, but a more physical strike uh, attacker like a Havertz could potentially give him mm-hmm. a good bad day, Julian. Is that worrying with how shit Havertz is? Yeah, you, but the thing is, I don't, I don't necessarily think even physical strikers give him bad days for it to be a pattern. Um, to okay. notice. So I, I personally think today was one of those days where, of course, things happen and you're, it's going to get highlighted. But overall, I've got to say, man, like even Champions League finals, he was up against he was up against Vin, uh, Vinicius. No, was it Vinicius or Benzema? But Benzema and Vinicius, and I don't think, and I think he performed pretty well. Like he was highlighted in that game. So I think today's just being blown out of proportion. So one of them. So what? Just one of them days. Yeah, live, laugh, love, as they say. Yeah, man, it happens. Yeah. Fair enough, bro. Uh, next one is from Arteta's agent five or six. Shout him out, long term listener, long term hater of Moga. Keep it coming, bro. I love it. I love it, man. Um, Arsenal have been the better team in multiple games versus Liverpool now. Is this an indication of a power shift? <laughs> um, no, because we're still on top of you guys. Uh, and also, <laughs> uh, and, and also um, last season, uh, they did play better against us. And even at Anfield, we we got a 2-2 draw and but that was one of our worst seasons in God knows how many years 
Um, this season, yes, they like have four or five years. Let's not act like you've been good for like so long. We can't remember. No, but, but, but four or five, but four or five years is quite a long. That's half a decade, mate. Like that's quite a long time. So, it's in, in decent amount of time. But, God knows how long time though. But but still, but even then, as I said before, before um this game, we was, we won four out of five games at um at the at the Emirates, and most of the games mm. at Anfield we were slapping them. So right. a, a power shift, um, I'm not sure. I just think they literally got the better of us today. But power shift, um, you're still below us. So let's just pipe down, yeah. So if if they finished above you this season, so back to back seasons above you, would you then say power shift? Uh, yeah, there's evidence of that. Yeah, but yeah. you're not. You're, you don't think that's gonna happen? I don't think that's gonna happen this season. Though. Fair enough. Uh, next question is from Dom underscore Dawkins. Is that Liverpool midfield what a title winning midfield looks like? And if not, <laughs> are the areas of strength in the team enough to compensate um that the the midfield that we played today definitely not um i personally think that even with our best midfield um going up against arsenal's and cities um i don't think it i think it pales in comparison but we just have better um players in other positions which make up for it because you know one midfield doesn't win but doesn't win you the whole game fair enough uh this one's a good question actually wizard shy how do the panel's ratings in particular when it comes to natural ability? Because often enough, I see the inherently less gifted players rarely get their fouls, although they have outperformed more talented counterparts. So I'll give you a break, Julian, because I feel like you answer back to back to back. Take a second. Have a, have a glass of water, a glass of wine, whatever is your preference. Disushems. Uh, how do the panels rate in particularly when it comes to natural ability? Because often I see the inherently less gifted players rarely get their flowers, or they they have output, although they've outperformed more talented counterparts. So, what's the first part of that question? How do they? How do the panels ratings in particular when it comes to natural ability? So, for example, let's use our good friend Disu as a as a because I think it's a kind of Disu sort of question. Disu's always going to defer to who the more talented player is. Forget the form. Disu, nine times out of ten, is going to be like the better player is the player who is more gifted at football. So the question here is, I guess, how do you weigh that up as a panel? How do you weigh up? Okay, a, player A is more talented. The mm-hmm. player B has been outperforming player A. When, when I will start with you, Disu. When does the ta- when is the talent no longer enough? Disu? Um, I think you've got to still perform. But my thing is, um, I think people tend to assess. The t- more talented players on a different scale than the less talented players. Mm. So, for example, a I use Pogba, which has been the big debate over the years. Yeah, a Pogba quote unquote six out of ten game is a lot of man's eight out of ten game. That's just what it is, right? So, I, I heard them speak about Henderson as a consistently good player. He consistently puts out four to six out of ten, but because the bar is low, that's good. But Pogba could play seven, seven, eight, six. Oh, the six is now okay. And back to back sixes. Oh, he's inconsistent. So, if it's objective and you're actually rating people on a on a very evident scale, you can't. If a man's playing better than you for like two, three years, then I'm sorry, he's just better than you, isn't it? No matter, you could be more talented, whatever, but you still have to produce. So my thing is not a that you can't produce. My thing is that if we're talking about who's better, I'm gonna take just the better footballer. And I also think better footballers show it in their performances as well. If you don't show it, then you can't be a better player. But I think what happens when we're talking about the lesser ability players and the better ability players, people have different 
barometers. Like I saw Arsenal fans, um, like maybe not like the London centric, the touchy gunners, the ones that within our network, but like the wider base Arsenal fans will speak about how much of a great servant to the club Rob Holden was. If we are assessing the performance levels of Rob Holden, is Rob Holden's probably got a better respect in the Arsenal fan base community than Gabriel. Do you get what I'm saying? So like that's my thing. But again. You can't just underperform for multiple years and be still seen as a better footballer than somebody, unless you've had injuries or stuff like that. But yeah, that's that's how I see it. But I'm taking the the more gifted player because that's a better predictor of future performances, in my opinion. Mm, I like that answer, Shams. Anything to add? No, I agree. Um, I think I, what I was going to say is, yeah, it's, it's literally a longevity thing and just time. Um, if if the less talented player can keep doing it consistently. And that also it also requires the other the more gifted player to not be doing it. Then yeah, absolutely, that's 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 fair in my opinion. Um, I and I but I also think even with that is also another other things of like circumstances. Um, for example, um, Jack Grealish at, at Villa, talented player, but because he was the guy, he always got the ball, always. You know what I'm saying? S- similarly to Anthony Gordon, for example, at Everton, he was probably their most threatening player. So he always had the ball. He always had the chance to take on players. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, I think I think yeah, time and circumstances. Once you can assess those two, if there's like a, a, a fair argument that the, the less talented player is 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 better, then then yeah, sure. Fair. I, I actually, this is maybe adjacent to the question, not exactly related, but I want to get you guys' thoughts. Uh, individually, Messi is perhaps the only one. I love watching the Barcelona player. Less so at the end but he's the greatest in history. It's impossible to take the ball away from him. Cristiano is a bigger player than me, but in terms of pure football, I honestly don't think so. Neymar, maybe. After that, he's no better than me. But at Real, you've got the best. Also, in terms of their careers, Benzema, Modric, they were the best. Cruz, Kevin De Bruyne, they all exude football. So that's obviously the now-retired um, Eden Hazard's comments to Lequipe in the, in the last few days. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Did, he, did he say maybe Neymar's better than him? <laughs> yeah. Neymar, maybe. Okay, he's been he's been drinking a lot since he's been retired. All right, I respect it. He said uh, Cristiano's a bigger player than me, i.e., greater. But in terms of football, pure football, what does he mean by that? He means Cristiano is not better than me at football, but I can't say it because he's got bare goals and the Champions League. (laughs) This this guy is not better than me at football. I know exactly. I know exactly what has has meant. He's saying every factor of the game, I'm better than Ronaldo in, but because man wants to go spend his money and go gym and eat right, that's why he's better than than free kicks. Yeah, that's that's why. Okay, so here's my question Do you guys agree? Because I think obviously there's always been Ronaldo versus Messi, yeah. But I feel like every, every player who talks about the two of them will always be like, Messi's clear. Ronaldo, though, I might tussle with him. And I don't, <laughs> I'm not like, even I remember Totti said it, and I'm a big Totti fan, right? He was kind of like, listen, the only player I've ever seen who's done things I can't do is Messi. You mm. take that for whatever you want to take it for. What he's implying Ronaldo didn't do things he. So. Because he's right, though. I feel like Ronaldo's become rubbed out. Rubbed out. Yes. No, like... no, no, no. The way it is, the way it is, the way it is. This is where it is, bro. This is where it is. Yeah. Football is the beautiful game. Yeah. Mm. It's just sort of sport. You, the Wikipedia youths are trying to change what the game means. As my, my, my bro Mario says, hashtag means more. These men are looking at Ronaldo, and yes, he's a spectacular footballer, but he is not doing things with the football that is unimaginable. What he is excelling at, he is the most, dev- maybe the most devastating player of all time in terms of decisive, 
goals, 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 goals. And of course, he's got unreal talent with it. But when you're talking about the Messi's, the Ronaldinho's, the Neymar's, the Zidane's, like players that have this certain level of flair and when they're on song, they could be on the pitch with other world-class players, mm-hmm. but it look, they it looks like the amazing year 11 that's in a school football team playing against the year 7 to the playground. That's what Messi looks like on any stage in the world. That's what, in my opinion, and any opinion of anyone who sense, that's what Ronaldinho looked like. That's just what Christian, and that's what Neymar looked like. That's what Thierry Henry looked like mm-hmm. in the Premier League. And in my opinion, if you look at the Premier League, that's what Hazard looked like. Yeah. Huh? What we say? Cristiano didn't look like that. Nope. 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 I, 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 how, how, how many games? How, how many games? I'm asking you this right. You're watching and thinking Ronaldo's on a separate level to do all these other players because I think I think Hazard was like that, and I think Henri was like that. And the reason why is because these players, although they're all forwards, I've mentioned. Well, you can kind of say mm, maybe Ronaldo's not a forward. These players, they can score goals, they can beat players, but also the game is flowing. They're pulling the strings in the game, mm-hmm. so. They're coming to the halfway line, one, two, put it through your legs, run past you, through ball down the side. Oh, I've got the ball, held it off, one, two, played in a, a nice through ball. Yeah. Amazing cross. Like, taking a set piece, they, the whole game is in the palm of their hands. And they're the same player that will go and get the first goal, second goal, and assist the third goal. Do you know what I'm saying? Whereas Cristiano Ronaldo, he could be kind of anonymous into the game, and then boom, he's alive in a box. Back post, brilliant header, jumped over you. Or the ball's played to the edge of the box, chops a guy, left foot. That's more Cristiano Ronaldo. But I think yeah. with Ronaldo, the volume and consistency he did that was so unheard of yeah. outside of Messi yeah. that it propelled him yeah. into that top sphere. And also, they won a gazillion Champions Leagues That's as right. well. So yeah. that level of achievement put him in there. But in terms of pure footballing, I, do you think that Hazard should look at Ronaldo like this is a superior player to me? I don't think so. Yeah. I, 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 I don't think he should. I don't think he should. I don't think he should. There's things Hazard could do for, 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 for there's performance I've seen on Hazard that Ronaldo could never do that in his life. I definitely you just think, can't. I definitely think we're in an era, especially like we're in a comps era as well, where people can re- like not reduce your game to a five minute compilation, but they can kind of get the best the best of your career in a certain amount of time. And when we have those those kind of comps and things like that, like you look at Hazard's comp, he's controlling the game, getting the ball from the centre back, bringing the arm to the pitch. The goals like Arsenal, the goals the goals are away at Liverpool. And you look at Ronaldo's compare, just comparing on a football level, bare tappings, bare bare head, bare bare big moments, bare clutch moments where you can point to and be like, yes, this is this is where he was able to define greatness. But in terms of the all round game, in terms of what you're actually seeing, in terms of the beautiful game, as people say. You just look at both and be like, "Well, I love, I love." Be careful! I think, doing, I think you're doing him a disservice. Yeah. What I will say is that after a few years at Real Madrid, he definitely became a player who removed anything that wasn't literally. You've watched this game. Ronaldo scored two goals, got one assist. His teams won three, three, four, one, whatever the case may be. I'm like, this is this is irrelevant to me. All that stuff is absolutely great. And yeah, you know, all I want to do is win. I want to be able, you guys to be able to look back and the stats books will tell you Cristiano Ronaldo was fucking here. I, 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 I think Ronaldo that I watched as a young guy who just come up off the bench and just poop with no fucking exactly interest <laughs> in trying to score a goal or even assist a goal and will mm. just come on for 20 minutes of entertainment. I'd say that's why when you look back at his career, I'd say probably his years at Manchester United and maybe his first year or so at Real Madrid were like where he was like a nice 
balance between yeah. crazy numbers and still being like an entertainer and somebody you could yeah. get off your feet for. Mm-hmm. But then maybe he saw the specter of Messi who could do both, right? And he couldn't he couldn't do both like Messi. And he's like, mm-hmm. the only way they're going to keep comparing me to this guy is if I can put up similar numbers to this guy. And the only mm-hmm. way I can put up the same numbers is to get rid of all that other stuff and just focus on this side. Um, but mm-hmm. I just feel like we, we rub him out now. Yeah, I, I think I think I, 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 I personally I, I absolutely love it, and I hope this is a step. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope this is a step to the restoration of the beautiful game because he is he has no business being in the, in that oh, anywhere man. near anywhere near Messi. No he's business done, he's, he's done a lot of damage to how we perceive football, man. I can't mm. to how and, also, and, and also and also quickly forgot as well, not just him. And, yeah, and also too. And also back to your point about Ronaldo, Mario, which you spoke about the earlier Ronaldo, who was a first of all, Ronaldo's a brilliant player, let's not get it wrong. Yeah, and he was more entertaining, he had more flair. People always bring up that point that oh, you forget this Ronaldo. Yeah, but I'm like, yeah, cool. I don't forget that Ronaldo. You don't rate that Ronaldo. That's not that's not what put that Ronaldo is not the Ronaldo you're talking about when you're putting on the top table. You're talking about Mr. Yeah. 60 goals, back post, jumping eight foot over the person head, which is yeah. still phenomenal. That I respect not to say I, I don't want to respect it. Not to say I don't respect it, which I do. But if we're talking about the very best of the best, I, that's what I understand. I understand why players, and there's only a certain level of player that don't see Ronaldo in that way because Ronaldo, yeah, because Ronaldo is not a, Ronaldo's not a genius in that regards. He's a genius in other regards, but he's yeah. not like a creative flair. This game is at the palm of my hand type player, type player like Ronaldinho. A hazard has obviously hazards a way lesser extent. Um, Neymar, Thierry Henry, um, of course, and, and the goat Messi. But yeah, it's funny. I, I, like, I like I like this more of this. I think, I I think Hazard. The reason why it's interesting because if Ronaldo was um that so that same Ronaldo in the early days from like 04 to 06, if he remained like that throughout his career and was putting up 14 goals a season, let's say 14 league goals. Yeah, I was a Penteco. They'll be talking that they'll be talking about him like Hazard, like some people talk about Hazard. Do you get what I'm saying? Whereby they struggle to kind of put him, propel him to that kind of top table. Yeah, that top table. When really on talent level, he's easily there. Do you get what I'm saying? Um, but I think, yeah, I think it's a is an interesting conversation because um I, I always I always side eye people that that think that aesthetics doesn't matter because it does. Mm-hmm. Beautiful game. That's a that's that that's that shit. I I saw funny, we had this debate. We had this debate. I had this yeah. debate in one of my group chats, yeah, and we're talking about like I think I'll, I might be like dribbling or passing. I said aesthetics don't matter, and I said first of all, aesthetics don't matter because if it didn't matter, none of us watch a game. We'll, there's a reason why there's a reason why people don't watch hockey because aesthetics ain't slapping, bro. We like football. That's number one. And number two, people also like to attribute aesthetics like it's some sort of cosmetic thing that doesn't matter. Where the aesthetic we're talking about is high level interpretation of how to play football. So yeah. what Hazard like Hazard dribbles? Who's not, who's a good dribbler? I'm trying to think of a good dribbler now in the Premier League. Morris, uh, not even Morris because Morris is like quote unquote aesthetics. Okay, Saka's a pretty good dribbler, for example, right? Saka's a pretty good dribbler, but people will say, oh, but Morris is aesthetics. <laughs> people say Morris is aesthetics. Oh, okay, perfect example. Martinelli. I, I said Martinelli ain't a skillful guy. I said no, he's skillful, useful aesthetics. Like, but aesthetics is a, is a level of skill, like right. being able to. Flick the ball in between both of your feet in between three players and do like a flip flap round another player. Yeah, it's aesthetics, but it's actually a skill and this is difficult, hence why only a few people do it. So mm-hmm. people just kind of and this is why this era of the way we look at sports is so fucked, is because people are taking like kind of putting a down downward uh, like 
light and perspective on skill because it doesn't result in G or A. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. So now, now it's, it doesn't matter. It's just aesthetics when really it's important. And like, people who can dribble can open up the game. Like Hazard literally had, you had to have like four or five people around him. And by that alone, it's open up the game for other people. Yeah, yeah. And Hazard and Hazard is even able to dribble past him. And then he might play a pass to somebody else who plays a pass to open up the game up. Do you get what I'm saying? So yeah, the aesthetics thing is so interesting because it's got to a point where we're acting like it, it doesn't matter. Like it's not, like it's not an, a skill. Like, oh, your Neymar, or oh, Hazard, it's just aesthetics. Like, no, yeah, like, yeah, it's high-level skill. Yeah, it's, it's, it's high-level skills, high-level execution, and mm-hmm. these are the things that change the game at the highest level, right? So, For sure. I, I love the fact you brought this up because probably the comps I watch the most is probably, if it's not Messi, Zidane. And it's definitely Zidane. You, watch every, Zidane. you have watched every Zidane comp in the world. When you talk about <laughs> making other world-class players look like you're level above them, right? He's one of the players that I watch, and he did exactly that. And you hear the way his peers speak talk about, about him. And the mm. people who shared the pitch with him talk about how he was able to manipulate the ball and his skill. And you listen to Michael Owen talk about him. Michael Owen's like, listen, man, I was scared of that of that guy. Like, you know, most people, if you get the ball and it's coming to the chest and you want to go that way, like left, you're going to take a touch and then you're going to hit it left. Then it's going to go left. He mm. just had this ridiculous ability that his touch would just take it left and then he's mm. gone. He could do everything in less touches than everybody mm. else. And wherever you played it to him, he's bringing it down and then he starts to play, you know? And he could do, he could do that in the on the pitch with some of the greatest players that we've ever seen. So it matters, man. This shit means something to me, man. It matters. <laughs> I, I love when players come out and they, they, they talk like this because I think it's important to understand that GA and all that kind of stuff is, is great, but that's not what we watch football for, right? That's what wins you the games for sure, but that's not what gets us off our feet. And it's when you know player A has had a better season than player B, and then the minute that they've got more goals in the Premier League um, season, they slap the two. Oh, so who's been yep. playing better then? And some of you are smirking because you, you go to that move quite yeah. often. Not yeah. me, bro. I was, I was smiling because I've had to defend that for years. <laughs> I've, I've blocked people in defense of Hazard, you know. Oh, no, no. See, 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 see Hazard, yeah. When people come to our mentions talk about Hazard, I just say straight, if you do not rate Hazard highly, you have no business having a conversation with me. I'm not entertaining it. I'm not entertaining it because I know, I know what I saw. He was the best player in the Premier League for five years. On, on, on this conversation, yeah, I just literally saw something with Romario saying that he was better than Neymar, Zico, Adriano, Bebeto, Haaland and Mbappe, but he considers Ronaldinho, Ronaldo and Messi to eat to be his equals. I never watched Romario, but do you think that's true? Yeah, he and he said he said that the only people he thinks is better than him is Pele and Maradona. Mm. I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna send I'm gonna put a comp in the group chat. This Romario comp, my goodness, bro was cold. <laughs> bro was cold, and it's mad because like if you if like if you research him, like watch documentaries or look at his numbers, he was a mad goal scorer. But like if you watch like the YouTube and see how he like how he plays, mad techie. Mad techie, man. So it's, it, I know he's going to walk up. I think he, hmm? he was tiny, like five, five. Yeah, five. yeah, yeah. Like uh, I, 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 I remember people compared Aguero to him. Um, um, yeah, people said oh, Aguero is that like is the Argentinian Romario because of like the way the way they type played. But yeah, if you if you go pre what my man was on at Barca, <laughs> he's he, he was a madman still. He ain't better than Neymar, but I'll let you I'll, I'll let you I'll let you cook. But yeah, he. Yeah, no, but he, 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 yeah, he, I like him players, as you said, Mariah. I like him 
players talk about who because I, I like hearing the inst- like the honest opinion. Yeah. I, I don't yes. like when people like oh, oh yeah this guy I think this guy's better than me he's such a good player da, 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 da. I might not like I like yeah, I like how come on yeah but yeah. I know exactly what he means by pure football. Totti said it years ago and when Totti said it I, again I knew exactly what mm. he's the only one who's done things that I don't I was never capable of was like Ronaldo is volume. It's the yeah. volume of with, and but he wasn't speech. doing like yeah, left foot volley, boom, that's peak. I can do that, bro. Right foot free, right foot free kick. I can do that, bro. You're gonna do it every other week, but I, I can do that too. Messi had a quality where he was able to be at the halfway line playing one twos with Busquets, Iniesta, mm. Javi. He's gonna create the most chances on the pitch, and he's leaving with two goals and assists pretty much every single week. About seventy percent take on success. He'll beat you on the on the wide right. He beat you centrally. He's finding space where there is none. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's different levels. And I think I'm going to compare this. I was looking at um, you know that show with uh, Kevin Wiles, Chris Broussard, and Nick Wright. This year. That's my fa- my favorite show about, all time. They were talking about the post Tom Brady world, and what they were saying is that you know guys like Aaron Rodgers now, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, because Tom Brady won like seven Super Bowls. They're all kind of seen as like, oh, they only got one, or what you only got two. It like mm. makes their careers look rubbed out. Mm-mm-mm. But the guys who came before, guys like Steve Young, mm. um, Brett Favre, etc., mm. etc., who won like one Super Bowl or so, it's like amazing, Hall of Famer, one of the best we've ever seen. Mm. I compare it to how players are perceived now because of Ronaldo and Messi. Facts. So people were never happy with Hazard because he played in the Ronaldo and Messi era and they were scoring 50, 60 goals a season. So they're just like, yeah, no, 14 goals, 20 goals a season. That's not good enough. You're not good enough. And this is where it's so important to watch these players because you can see their influence on a whole football game. And I always say that ability, which isn't quantifiable, which is to make a whole high-level football game revolve around you as a player, for me, is the highest barometer to judge and define how good a player really is. You're on the pitch of other world-class players and the game is revolving around you, you're the best of the best, man. If, if he played in that Kaka Ronaldinho era, mm. he would have been, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, they would be been, more appreciated, of course. Yeah, way more appreciated. But it's funny, it's funny though, because because we now, you know, that saying you don't know what you have until you've got it. Because mm. now we have a lack of those players, I feel like his appreciation is starting to go up slowly. I was, because scared, we're, we're, bro, I was we're scared, starved, bro. I was scared not long ago, yeah, that, um. All this production, like Salah, blah blah blah. I, I was thinking that that would actually make him be more rubbed out. But I think now fans are starting to come on side into what guys like us have been saying for years and years and years. Because they're realizing in, 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 in 2016, sorry, in 2016-17, yeah, when we won the league, Alexis scored 25 goals, and Hazard was hooping out every single week. But I was telling me Alexis was better than him. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's like, people... And this is the things that I've been saying from 2015, 2016. Guys on this platform have been saying since for, for time. And people are starting to slowly, slowly come back because we're starved now. So, all I have to say is that, you know, it's better late than never. But next time, just please, like, appreciate... Bro, me. like, it, it's so okay. mad because now, like... And this is why I get onto fans for, like, not liking entertainers. Because once you won the game, yeah, cool, you get to laugh at your ops... You tweet hard, WhatsApp hard, Facebook, whatever. And then you, life goes on. Like, you don't actually gain much utility after the... is on to the next game. Like, mm. where is the where is the moments that make you want to go relive and go watch it again on YouTube and stuff like that? And in the in the GNA era, 
bro, there's not enough. The GNAs ain't gonna move you that much. Do you know what I'm saying? So mm. like, when I, when I clocked that the league was smudged, I was like, oh, Madison's is injured. Like, who am I gonna watch now? I know you're wrong. I think Madison's special, but he's not Eden Hazard. He's not Thierry Henry level of play. He's not Wayne Rooney. He's not Luis Suarez, who I, who I despise, but he's still a phenomenal footballer. Like right now, how many players in the Premier League do you think people are generally excited to go watch? Like for me, the players I'm excited to watch is Madison, Eze, KDB, and Odegaard. I think that's it. I think it's like four, like four players. I'm like, oh yeah, Isak. I like watching Isak. But he's up front, so he doesn't get the ball as much. There's not that many players I'm like, oh, and Paqueta, where I'm like, oh my God. No, back in the day, like Chelsea will have like loads of good players. Liverpool have loads of good players. Like there's not enough like people that make the game fun, enjoyable, where you're seeing the clips of what they're doing over and over and over and over again on, on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. And Instagram or something. It's just, it's no. And I think that's that's going to damage it. That's going to damage the game for the fans. There's only some... Well, another quote for you guys. Uh, of course, there are no dribblers. There are no dribblers because as soon as they receive the ball, you say pass it. Imagine if Messi, when he was eight years old, had been told all the time pass it by his coaches. We wouldn't have him today. It's impressive because football's become such a big thing. Everyone reads, studies, and thinks that they can manage. You tell a child of seven or eight olds to make the diagonal to cover. He's seven year old. Let him play or mm. let him make mistakes. And when he's fourteen or fifteen, we'll start correcting him. It's a message for the future. This is a sport and the beauty of football should not be lost. That's by uh, Lionel Scaloni. He got interviewed by Marker a couple of weeks ago. So mm. I think everybody sees it, right? Everybody sees that we're fighting for the for the soul of, of, of football because everything is on the computer now and everything is go to Wikipedia, transfer market, FB ref. What does the stat say? Mariah, I'm watching, I'm watching football games and Windows don't even run at their fullbacks no more. I'm mm. like... It, it, it annoys me so much that that the fact that it's become so fashionable for wingers to receive the ball and wait for their fullbacks to make the overlap run instead of like instead of just trying to take on their. Man, I said, oh my my my, my, my favorite wingers getting double teamed. Oh, he needs to overlap. No, no, no. No, like come on, man. put this game in rice. Put this game in rice. Put this <laughs> game in rice, bro. Put this game in rice. Put this game in rice. Oh man, put this game in rice. And people want to rub out people like Hazard, who was. Making three people do the splits in the space of five seconds. Come on, friend. Come on, business. Fact. Um, let's close up with the last few questions. Uh, this is from Sam E underscore ninety one. How many tactical modules did Klopp fail to account for today? <laughs> I don't. Uh, you know what? The Arsenal fans are going to have to explain what tactical modules is because this is something that's quite new to me. This aren't like foundation paper module, higher module. That's a German Dan question. Don't worry, we'll, we'll sort that oh, out. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Don't worry about that, man. Cool. Uh, Count Dracula, what is your favourite or most iconic skill move in football and why? Um, I'll probably say outside the boot, you know. Can't lie. Yeah? Yeah, like, you know, I saw Neymar do a week foot outside the boot pass. And I was just like, that is unbelievable. Um, either that or the Robona. When Ronaldo used to do Robona crosses and Hazard used to do that as well. Yeah, so one of those two, I'd say. I like the roulette, so the, the, the spin where you use your body to to shield a special as a dad. Oh, Marcel, Marcel, Marcel Roulette, they call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's one game, there's one game against that like, Robert, like, he, he spins one guy and another guy comes and he just spins him too. Just, just, just because, <laughs> just because I can, you know? That's, that's my favorite. Uh, Did uh, you, uh, Julian? 
I love a good shimmy. You know that. You know that. What Messi done to Boiteng. Um, that that that's that's a quick one. I, I love that, especially when they make the defender look very very stupid. That's that's my vibe. Mm. Oh, it's hard to pick one move. I do. I do like. Um, I do like when they do the the chop. Like Ronaldo used to do that a lot at Man United. Mm. Um, Neymar does it. Who else does the chop quite a lot? I do like a good chop, and even the chop when it's like a fake shot. Like I remember Diego Costa used to be really good at that, that way. He will look like he's shooting and chop back onto his other foot. Um, oh, he loved that. Yeah, he loved that. Yeah. And, and, I do, and I do love like a good drag dribble. Like I remember Torres scored a goal. I think it might be against Marseille in the Champions League. Like he's run at defender, opens up, he's going to try and bend it around him and just drags it, just drags my straight to a cycling bin and just buries it. But but Was I think... He scored his first goal for Liverpool against Chelsea as well. I feel like he... He dragged he it. Ben Haim. Yeah. I think it was yeah. Ben Haim. He dragged it. Yeah, I think yeah. So. But but I think my favorite skill is just is just stepovers. Stepovers just look when you hit when the man gets hit of a couple stepovers and then he goes and then you skip him and he goes the other way. It just looks magical. Like, fake, shot, fake shot as well. Yeah, I think Morris was the king of this. I think you know there's one goal Morris scored against Brighton last game of the season. Yeah, where um, I don't know if you guys remember when they won the league and he's five and he hit on the right foot. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 he bull rolled it with his studs, right foot top bins. Oh my day! You know what my favorite was? Oh was my Morris, Morris had one of those like this was before like Leicester were gonna be like we all saw them as champions. Against Aston Villa when he made yes. everybody drop. Yeah, oh, man. Three man on the floor. Oh, that's when I was yeah. like, who is this Morris guy? Because yeah, he came out of nowhere. Hey, Morris, hey. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he he again. He's another one that. He's you paid the price of admission for man. He's another one. He's another yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. He, he was the one you paid the price. He, for. No, I, I don't. I don't. Think anyone says Morris is a Premier League all timer. He 100%. was oh, yeah, phenomenal. For sure. Phenomenal. No, 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 no doubt about it. How long was he here for? Like six, seven seasons or so. Yeah. Best he, player. Best player in the most. Um, arguably the most iconic league title of all time. He was the best player in the league. Go City. A bit rough. And then starts cooking. Yeah, yeah. No, he was here for nine years. My bad. He was here for a mm. minute. Yeah, no yeah. doubt about it, man. Cool. Uh, somebody asked about Jorginho. We've spoken about that. So, well, young co- I was long term listener. What now? Is an Arsenal fan? Okay. We'll, we'll be, <laughs> what now? Uh, we'll be back, brother. <laughs> uh, where, where are Arsenal in the league? They're second. They are second. And um, 23 points. Uh, 23 games. I keep doing that. 23 games played two points off Liverpool, who have 51 points. And how many points are City behind Arsenal? They're three points behind Arsenal. Five. How many games behind? Liverpool with two games in hand. Okay, they need to relax. Yeah. You know, what I don't get here. Like they've got Champions League to still play. Like, and they've got the rest of the season to play. Like, there's so many more games, and this is probably going to be their high for the rest of the season. It's all downhill from here, Arsenal fans. Like, Oh, yeah? Yes. It's like, this will be, this will be, like, they're going to go to the Etihad, get touched. They're going to go to Old Trafford, looking, I, I don't know what you got, you lot got cooking for them. Are yeah, they going to go to... They're us for nothing, brother. Are they going to go to... Are they going to go to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? Is that what it's going to be? New White Hart Lane? Yeah, they're going to, they still got to go there. Like Arsenal fans, like this will be your high. Like, right. uh, congratulations, nice win, three points, but relax. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, that's it, I think. Um, lads, over a couple of hours, always, 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 always 
Um, yeah. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Uh, Julian, thank you for coming through, brother. I know it's not easy off the back of a loss like that. No, Gems, no. you too. Always a pleasure, bro. Uh, Disu, we go again. Peace. Peace, lads. Take it easy. Yo, yo. When I spit bars in a rave, man, I go hard, left, and tan. Sports Social Podcast Network.